This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Business picking up. We got the uh, NFL Combine uh, starting today. We got D'Amico Ryan speaking. In a couple of hours, we got free agency two weeks away. We got we got a lot of stuff going on, a lot of a uh, lot of intense uh, cussing and discussing. We'll go live to the combine at eleven fifteen. We'll talk to Stutes; he's out there, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll get a little update on that on what to watch for. Uh, the news yesterday: none of the running backs are going to get tagged, so the running back position uh, is going to be something we anticipate that the Texans will be active in. Um, I know you would like to see that. I would like to see that. I think Figgy would like to see that as well. Uh, so, never a dull moment, right? Can we agree that they are going to sign a running back? I would think so. Right? They're, they're I mean, going to sign so. a running back. Now, maybe it's going to be DeAndre Swift. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, they're uh, the, all of the primary running backs are not going to be tagged. So, they're going to sign a running back. And now it becomes just sort of a guessing game and a – and a reporting game uh, as to who they're going to sign, but uh, I feel like I, I, I feel as if that the, the running back is going to be a priority. They're going to sign a running back, and now it comes down to to like you know who that's going to be and who might be the best fit. The best thing is who's none, the best fit. Uh, I think Josh Jacobs, uh, Josh Jacobs, and then Saquon are my top two. Now uh, is that smart money or is that? Oh, um, uh, that's absolutely smart money because that's what, that's what I was about to say. I, don't know, I can't keep up. <laughs> I can't keep up. Because that's what I was about to say. None of the running backs are going to be more than three-year deal. Yeah, I I don't know where this reckless money with running back stuff comes in, quite frankly. Running back is a different animal. I also don't like the double standard in which Saquon Barkley is being spoken of in the show that uh, uh, leads off for us. Okay, how so? I don't know how he gets slapped with this injury-prone label. And then we talk about how strong the receiving group is, and now you have to lock them up. Nico Collins has missed 13 games in the last three years. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley's missed eight. Yeah. Tank Dell has missed as many games in one season in the NFL as Saquon Barkley has. Yeah. So 
Like there's there's a there's a talk about like injury prone because he because he had like a season ending injury four years ago. All of a sudden the guy's injury prone. No. And wide receivers a strength at the top two when we just saw Tank Dell miss in one season as many games as Saquon Barkley has the last three. Mm-hmm. We saw Nico Collins the last three years miss thirteen games and we gotta lock these guys up. I, I don't like like I don't like the way the manner in which running backs are spoken of yeah. these days, especially when you factor in what they get. I actually hate it. Mm-hmm. I actually hate it. And, and and maybe that's just, maybe that's just because I, I kind of feel for them. I understand both sides of it. I understand the business thing, but you, you got to explain to me how we we're supposed to feel so good about these wide receivers that miss more time than Saquon Barkley, but I'm supposed to be concerned because the guy, the, the guy's, I guess injury prone because he injury prone because he had one fluke injury during a during a uh, football season and missed one year. Now he's just labeled that for the rest of his life. You know what his injuries were when he missed those eight games over the last three years? Ankle sprains. That is what happens with everybody in the NFL at some point. You know, you get an ankle whether it's a high sprain, a low sprain, whatever, some sort of ankle injury. Uh, You know, Saquon Barkley in particular is is an interesting one. Because you just you just laid out, you know, his injuries were as much or fewer than Nico Collins and, and Tank Dell. And look, there could be a gray area that I understand where maybe he's playing hurt and he's not effective. I saw the same thing with Nico Collins. I'm not even counting one of Nico's thirteen games as the Jets game where he leaves after damn near the first play. Yeah. So so there's there is a gray area that I that I understand. I just don't know how Saquon Barkley is getting getting that label, but we're not worried about Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Yeah, well, I, I, I get. I, I, you're right. You're you're 100 right. But when it comes to Saquon Barkley himself, you know the other thing that kind of just piques my interest. That's a nice way to put it because I think we're we're trying to to put down weapons as, as Sean Pendergast. I'm said. not putting down crap. <laughs> but, y'all are just y'all are just y'all y'all are disappointing me. Y'all are having a well. Discussion. This will not disappoint you because it is a uh, down di- weapons. It is, it is directly dramatic as that attributable to to one uh, Seth Payne. Uh, you know, when talking about Saquon Barkley, he said outside of his highlight reel, outside of his highlight reel, he really has not done this, this, or he's been injured that, that. Do you realize that Saquon Barkley over the last three years has more rushing yards, more touchdowns, a higher yards per average than the leading rusher of the Texans each of the last three years? Well, we know that. But I'm saying, like, like to, I mean, I would to, hope so. to say outside the highlight reel, it's more than just outside the highlight reel. But I think reel. outside the highlight reel also, like, there's, I mean, it's it's been a disaster. Last year was a disaster yeah. for, for the Giants, right? The year before yes. that, like, what, what was and the issue? And still more. He what got was, Daniel Jones paid. What was yeah. the issue the year before that? They, uh, went to, they won a playoff game. And he went to the Pro Bowl. And he rushed for 1,300 times. They, they won a playoff game, dude. Yeah, yeah. So so it's it's not <laughs> he just. He was the reason they got in the playoffs, people keep saying. Exactly. My, my point, Figgy, is, is it's it's much more than the highlight reel. He's averaging over the last three years, including the injuries, including last season, 4.1 yards a carry over the last three years. Yeah, and last season was rough, too. And, and last season brought it down. But my point is, he's not highlight reel. He's not flash in the pan here and there. He's a consistent running back that has, like I said, more than four yards a carry. Sign me up. You know, it's not highlight reel stuff. It, it's much more than that. Yeah, I think so, too. I I, I just like, I, I feel bad for these guys. Mm-hmm. I feel really bad for these running backs, man, because I I, I think they're being eva- I think they're being evaluated differently. I, oh, I yeah. really do. I if, if you pay Saquon Barkley, whatever you want to pay him, that's fine. Josh Jacobs, cool. Whatever running back they decide on is cool. But I I just don't. I'm I'm not as 
I'm not as comfortable with these receivers as as there appears to be like comfort level. I, I I think receiver is important. Absolutely, I think receiver is important. You have two guys who who've missed who missed time last year. One of which we only have a one year sample size, and he's he's missed eight games. Mm-hmm. The other one's missed thirteen, and and that's not even counting the Jets game where he got where he left. Right. So and, I'm I'm just as concerned about that. Um, I do think. Y'all are y'all are both kind of saying that. I mean, I don't know. Y'all are saying different stuff, like sameish. I don't, I don't know what's going on with y'all. What I don't do know mean? what the put the weapons down is thing. Oh no, I was well, I didn't ultimately, but because <laughs> I talked about Seth specifically. Uh, Here, but, you want to hear the explanation of the tap out from Sean and Seth? I would love to. Okay, this was the explanation of the tap out. I think this was in the eight o'clock hour. Payne and Pendergast uh, here as D'Amico Ryan's will speak live at noon. Called us dirtbags, and then he didn't call us dirtbags. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I know you're joking, but that seems to be where this whole argument is going with all three shows. Is that we're all mischaracterizing in the eyes of each of us? Our takes yeah. are being mischaracterized. According to according to those guys, you and I want to sign bums off the street. Yeah, that we actually just want to grab somebody from a median and slap them there at at defensive tackle. That's how we're being characterized. Yeah, and that the only possible reason we don't want to sign Mike Evans is because he's in his thirties. That's yeah. the only. That's how we're being characterized. I, I think we're at a point now. Like the the only solution now is to have some sort of summit meeting somewhere where we're all arguing in the same room at the same time, not With off the of sound bites. <laughs> I think that's a white flag. Am I thinking too highly of us? I I'm asking what's the other you, reason I'm they don't, Figgy. What's yeah. the other reason they don't want to sign Mike Evans outside of the age? Yeah, what do you exactly? Um because they because they believe a receiver is a uh, area of strength. Look, and we're no no one's going to downplay the 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 highlight reel pun intended of uh, Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Like they are the epitome of highlight real players because they've only played fewer because they played fewer games, uh, and they haven't been in, had consistent seasons like Saquon Barkley. So I get that they are highlight real players, uh, and and certainly that they we, we we project them to be much more than that, but they're not that yet. So when it comes when it comes to like what what Seth and and Sean are talking about, like we're mischaracterizing what they say. I. I tried to lay it out very, very straightforward. I don't think it's been mischaracterized. Yeah, I tried to lay it out very straightforward. I don't think it's consistent. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I mean, and maybe this isn't putting the weapons down. I don't think it's consistent. Mm-hmm. I think it's I, – I, I think – I mean, if y'all just wanted to disagree on how to spend the money, that's fine. Yeah. But if you, if you want Mike Evans and Saquon Barkley and, – and, and I, 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 in between all this, there's an explanation of, well, I want to I go get more areas of need, which I get. Mm-hmm. But when you start listing the roster and filling the roster, that you're spending just as much money as as Lopez is, if not more. Yeah, like the scenarios you're throwing out. So that's that's the that's the issue I have. It's not necessarily about you know Lopez wants to spend more money or they want to spend more money. I don't I don't think. But but then yesterday I heard you know Tank Dell mentioned as if Tank Dell needs to factor into some decision mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to it. But I think y'all are both y'all y'all both want to spend the money. It's when you start listing like the roster, like in in listing like like George Fant's swing tackle salary is going to prevent you from doing something. It's like it's not any different than paying Patrick Queen or Josh Allen or Matt Matabike, like you say. So Starters that's that's from where, last year. No big deal. Doesn't cost anything. Stephen Nelson, five point three million dollars. Um, do you, would you like a kicker? Would you like a yeah? Player? I, no, we. Need, I don't want. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like so that that mindset. It's not. It's. I know it's other areas that 
he finds more important, which is cool. I, I don't have any there either. But like when we start listing the roster, like they're not going to be able to fill some roster. Like what what you two are saying is not different. Well, the confusing thing to me about that, you know, these players, and let's be honest, mostly by and large mid level players, is you're not spending extra money on those players because even if you don't sign those players, you have to replace them. You have to replace those players to fill a roster with a $5 million guy that's that's not Steven Nelson or, or, or whatever, you know? So, like, it's I'm not talking about that is the deal breaker because you have to replace those players anyway. I'm talking about the added value of star players, the added value of a receiver and a running back uh, that can take you to places you haven't been. I mean, th- that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy the uh, the banter. They they want to spend money on D offense. You want to spend money on perhaps offense. I don't think you just want Mike Evans at any cost. Hey, exactly. And, but like the notion, and we'll hear what Show had to say at eleven. Show was a little bit fired up about <laughs> he this. He was very fired up. Um, we'll hear what he had to say. But I but I think y'all are but the the listing of the roster and stuff like that. Yeah, that's you got to replace those players anyway, yeah. either with them or someone like them. We, what we're talking about is someone who's not like them, like a Saquon, a Josh Jacobs, a Gabe Davis, a Mike Evans. Those are the players that take you to a higher level. Those players, you're going to have either them or someone else like them no matter what. That's not added money. That's the money with the cap going up that you're just going to replace. That's where I'm confused. Yeah, so that's that's where we're at, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting, man. It's... <laughs> Interesting to say the very least. So we're going to hear from D'Amico, man. What do you think D'Amico's going to say? I, I, was, I was thinking about you this. Think he's going to tip his hand? I think he might tip his hand a little well, bit. Well, uh, what I'm interested in is because he's he knows not to say specifics, and uh, especially free agents and all that. I don't know that. that he's as worried about it anymore. But I think what he is going to be asked about, because everybody always asks about it, is the value at, at the, the position value in this draft. I think that might be where you get some hints. Uh, and he's going to be asked about it, I guarantee you. Um Cody Stutz is there. He'll probably ask it, if not him, someone else. Like, where do you see the value in this draft? If he goes defensive line high after saying he wants to, you know, work on the defensive line after the season specifically, I think that's going to be a big uh, a, a big tip on, on where this team is looking in the draft, which I'm good with that because defensive line, you get a big-time defensive first-round player to tackle in the first round. That's a rookie contract. It gives you the the flexibility to to know what you're doing offensively with some of these other players that we're talking about. I think I think you need to be a little bit closer to the vest when you're talking about a quarterback. I, I don't know if they're going to be as close to the vest on this one mm-hmm. here. But I, <laughs> Seth Seth uh, is texted and shout out to Seth. He said he's had nagging injuries that affect his play, like when he started for the second half of 2022. That's fair. No, I get it. No, that's fair. And like and, 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 and Saquon and I, and I, this game. I acknowledge that I'm looking at games played and I don't know like the gray area. I I I one hundred percent acknowledge that. Yes. And 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 my point on that was not that it didn't affect Saquon Barkley or or, or whomever. My point was it wasn't an ACL. It wasn't a meniscus. And and it's yeah. been kind of a disastrous situation for the Giants. I just I just feel like I yeah. I just feel like this is a more this is more beneficial for for Saquon's skill set. But I but I get it. Like the running back position, I, I I feel for them, but I feel for feel for squads. But yeah, the the nagging injuries that affect the play, I I completely get that. That no, is the exactly. gray area. Of I mean, it, but are we not going to say that Nico and Tank Dell are injury prone? 
We can't. That's my question. One way or the other, we can't say it yet. I mean, maybe Nico more uh, because it's been, you know, three years. That's my question. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how good do you feel about them? Because when when, when we were talking about spending money, like, are those guys, that's why I want to see Nico one more year. You know, if you only miss a few games next year, cool. But what what we've seen from Nico Collins is, I mean, he's been he's been pretty damn injury prone. Yeah, and and I've i it seems like there's been games where it's kind of affected him, like when he left the Jets and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel as good about these receivers. I don't want to say it's like Damian Pierce remix. I just I, I think that I, I think it's a little bit more of a of a need. Like the depth at wide receiver for me is more concerning than. What quality of linebacker they bring in, whether it's like a low-level project versus like a Patrick Queen. I, th- I think the depth at receiver is something that they definitely need to address. Yeah, you just touched on something that I that I was uh, thinking about after the show yesterday. I was thinking about the whole roster thing that Seth was talking about how and how you're going, and I just mentioned it, how you're going to have to replace those guys no matter what. That's not the players we're talking about. The other thing I was, I was, I was thinking about is that exact thing about the wide receiver uh, room. To say that they're set boggles my mind. Like, like, yes, they have a fantastic prospect in Tank Dell. You and I have, have, have called him a number one receiver. They have, they have like potentially. A, they have like a eight or nine game sample size of Tank Dell and Nico Collins being able to stay on the field they, together yes. the whole time. That's what I was thinking about. They have an absolute prospect for number one receiver with Tank Dell. Absolute prospect at number one receiver for Nico, but they are not number one receivers yet. You don't know that. So, so to say that they're set, and I'm not saying that they exactly put it this way, but but to imply that that's not the priority, I don't understand that. I don't understand how you can't prioritize wide receiver with this quarterback, uh, with with the fact that you need you know as many weapons as you can, and you still have to find a running back. I don't understand. It's beyond me that you can't that you don't prioritize wide receiver. That, that's where I separate the most. You know, from whether it's them or anyone who thinks that way. Because I think the the dangers, like the real dangers. There are dangers from paying free agents like top dollar. I agree with that. But what, what about if you fall in love with your players too much and all of a sudden you're paying Nico Collins like he's yeah. Mon Ross St. Brown and yeah. he can't stay on the damn field. Exactly. And he doesn't. And, and, and we've only Titus seen Howard. a good year. Yeah. Uh, t- Titus Howard. There's an example. That's I, like that. That does not resonate with me. It doesn't compute that, that you think or imply that you're okay at wide receiver. Coming up, let's look beyond the uh, beyond the highlights. Let's talk about uh, Saquon Barkley. Let's talk about this running back market. And I also wonder, is Nick Casario 100% over his old ways, or could he have a strong opinion about a running back that we aren't even talking about? We'll discuss next. Peggy, let's hit him big time. Houston. Let's get in the loop. All oh, the jokes are coming fast and furious every time y'all talk about this guy. With Landry Locker. Landry, I mean, you're going to be in midday forever now. And John Lopez. On occasion, Lopez makes a statement that's so ludicrous, it makes me pick my phone up and call you guys. You're in the loop on Houston's Sports Leader. Your champ, 16. Sports Radio 16. Combine Day! D'Amico Day, two weeks away from free agency. Landry Locker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig with you. The running back market has been set. The Texans can have their pick. None of these running backs are getting franchise tag. Not Saquon Barkley, not Josh Jacobs, not Derrick Henry, not Tony Pollard. 
Not Austin Eckler. Now it's just a matter of who do the Texans like. Now, Aaron Wilson is reporting that C.J. Stroud and Saquon Barkley are talking. Yes. Uh, so I, I would say that's a, a little bit of a of a big deal. Um, seems like Saquon is regarded as the gem on this market. It's not favorable circumstances with the Giants. Did lead them to the playoffs two years ago. There's questions about durability, being banged up, all that, mm-hmm. uh, which has been well documented. But make no mistake about it, the running back market has been set. I'm going to ask you three questions about this. Let's go one to three. Let's go. I'm going to ask you three questions about this. The running back, starting at number one. Mm-hmm. Numero uno. Who do you like? Josh Jacobs. Okay, so you like Josh Jacobs. Yes. Okay. Josh Jacobs. I want to hit him with the Quan. I'm going to say And guy. I'm not going to be against it. He's my number 1A. Okay. Not even a number two. Biggie, who do you like? Saquon. Okay, Quan. Question number two. Numero dos. Who's making this decision? Who's making this decision? Who do you think is making this decision for the Texans? Is it Bobby Slowick? Is it D'Amico Ryans? Is it Nick Casario? Like, who's who's making this call? Who do you think has the larger chunk of the pie? Don't give me this. Everybody's going to be in the room. And give, yeah, me that's... give me who has the biggest share of decision-making in this in this decision. That yeah, the, the cop-out answer is they all have a voice. Uh, it's true. Uh, I think I think D'Amico's going to go to Bobby Slowick. Uh, Casario's going to tell them both what he feels is the best fit. They're going to hash it out. But if you said, like, who's going to ultimately say, boys, we're going with this guy, mm-hmm. D'Amico Ryans. Okay, D'Amico. Yeah, I think it's D'Amico Ryans. Okay. I think Slowick has a big say. I, I think <laughs> – I, I wonder what who Nick Casario likes, like in his mm-hmm. in like if if Nick Casario were just sitting there in his own world, like who he would like because I think he's over that Patriot system crap. Oh yeah, right. Like he's over it, right? Yeah. Like we got we got a new system here. It's completely different mm-hmm. because I think that if if the Texans still ran the same system that they ran with O'Brien and what they ran before D'Amico got here and they and they incorporated that Kubiak offense, mm-hmm. I think Austin Eckler would be the perfect Patriots I told you, man. <laughs> he looked like an Eckler guy, yeah, man. Yeah, I, I think I think Austin Eckler would be the perfect Patriots running back. Now I don't I don't think that that's that's the case here in this situation, but I do wonder like if Nick Casario watches Austin Eckler and because he was in that offensive system for like twenty years, he's just like, Man, this guy's <laughs> if New England was still New England, I could see him being. But it's a different offense. Guy. Oh, I know. If it were yeah, the same yeah, offense, then yeah. I, then Eckler might be a fit. But but I but I do wonder, like who who makes that decision? It's got to be D'Amico. I think it's got to be Slowick. I think Slowick has a big big voice because it's his offense. And uh, as much as D'Amico trusted him, it's like okay, who do you think really is going to fit here? You know, best fit for what you like to call blah blah blah. I think he's going to have a big voice. But when when they're in that room, and it's let's say it's Yumi and Figgy, you know, it's 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 D'Amico, Slowick, and Casario. Somebody's going to say, "All right, we're going with this guy." You know what I think about Nick though? Uh, his, I think his, I think his sort of tiebreaker is going to be: Can we get him on in three years on a three year contract? I think you can get them all on a three-year contract, but can we guarantee? Yeah, no running backs getting over three years. Yeah, so I think I think yeah, I think of, the none tie of these break, guys are getting over three. I think the tiebreaker for Nick is we got him at three at this number. Let's go. It might even be less. It might, quite be. honestly, with with what Derrick Henry back will is. be yet would be yes less. Uh, yeah, I, I could see I could see it being less. Mm-hmm. And and I think that 
I don't think the running back position is like something that just completely handcuffs you. Mm-hmm. I don't see that as like a, no. like a handcuff type of position. No, no, no. I, I don't think so either. What's your third question? Uh, third question. Numero tres. How does Devin Singletary fit into this? Where, where does Devin Singletary fit in here? Is, is, do you let Devin Singletary test the market and then bring him back? Uh, and and then maybe try to go cheap with Damian Pierce and a, and a rookie as the as the third stringer. Where does Devin Singletary fit into this? Because we respect what he did last year, big time. But we also got to realize Devin Singletary was brought here to be a backup to Damian Pierce. Yeah. In his perfect role, he was a a one A one B type of cat, mm-hmm. and in a not deep backfield. Like part of me wonders, like naturally, whenever you decide that you're going to upgrade at a position, you, you wonder if the guy who was already here is going to be disgruntled and he wants to go figure out more opportunity. My thing is I'm looking at the state of the position in every other team in the league. I don't see a a scenario where Devin Singletary goes to another place and is anything other than a backup. Right. Like at least heading into the season, like a one, a one B. So I wonder if you could sign one of these guys and then bring back Devin Singletary for a few mil. See, that's where I was going with it. I think it depends on who you sign. Like, I, if you sign Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley, then I think the priority to bring back Devin Singletary rises. And the reason is, you know, Barkley, ankles, injuries, all that stuff, even though we think that's a little bit overblown. And Derrick Henry, as a guy that's just a kind of pound the line, who knows how, how much he's got left. I think, I think if you bring those two guys back, you almost prioritize Devin Singletary more. Now, he would be a dummy not to test the market. Yeah, but what's yeah. the market going to tell him? Right. Right. I mean, especially with, with how people already think about this position and what Devin Singletary is, I, I just could see – I don't even know that you have to choose between. I think he comes back in, a, in an ideal situation. And, hell, if, if these guys don't work out, you figure it out. But I don't think this is like some sort of, mm-hmm. you know, handcuff, mind-numbing. Yeah. I have a question for you. Big result type let's, of let's thing. Let's call it number four. Okay. All right. Numero cuatro. Outside of the, the ones that we mentioned the most – who do you like the best? We mentioned Josh Jacobs. We mentioned Saquon. We mentioned Derrick Henry. Who do you like the most of outside of those? Because there's several running backs. There's a lot of running backs on the market, and they're not going to be tagged. Uh, I mean, A.J. Dillon, uh, Zach Moss, DeAndre Swift, uh, Austin Eckler, which you mentioned a second ago. There are a lot of running Do any of these J.K. Dobbins? J.K.'s coming off the Achilles. Speaking yeah. of injuries, that's yeah. injury prone right yeah. there. I kind of like uh, Swift. Yeah, he's a popular name. Yeah, I will now, say you the would... Lions got rid of him and didn't seem to regret it. No, but and he's but he's only twenty five, um, and I think he's still got something left. I, I, I want the others. Let's be clear, but I kind of like him as as a, as a backup plan that could carry. You the like load. him as a starter, like coming in uh, as the old RB1? one two punch, the old one two punch man. Like okay. you know, with uh, Singletary or something. Okay, keep it, keep. Yeah. I would like him as a backup, like a, a replacement for Singletary. How do you feel about Tony Pollard? Same. I don't know if he fits here. Yeah. He had a rough. I mean, he he wasn't as good last year as he was before. Yeah. I I think that's almost a testament to why it has to be one of these big bigger ticket items on a shorter term deal. Uh, it, you know, Jacobs. Saquon, it's all going to be short. Yeah. Yeah. It's running back. It's got to be. And they know that. Yeah, they all know. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. Another name that is, keeps getting brought up, and I guess they're saying that he might be ready at June, is uh, Jonathan Brooks out of Texas mm-hmm. uh, in the draft. I, I don't get it. I'll be honest. I don't understand. I don't I don't think too many people follow him very closely. 
he is he he is in, in a good running back class. He's like a sixth guy that is a day three guy. Mm-hmm. I think because this is such a weak running uh, running back group. Now mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're I, I don't get it. I think if he'd have gone back to Texas, I don't even know if he I, he might be their second or third best on that team. Yeah. Maybe that's an embarrassment of riches type of thing. I don't, I don't get the Jonathan Brooks. Like if you're looking for Jonathan Brooks, like if you want to kick the tires on him and keep him around, that's cool. Yeah. But if you think Jonathan Brooks is going to come in here and help your run game like immediately, I I don't see it. See, that's why you can't rely Maybe on the Maybe it happens. Draft. I just don't yeah. see it. You can't rely on the draft for that reason alone. I, you could have last year. Yeah. You could have last year. Mm-hmm. This year in the draft, I'm seeing like a strong Jonathan Brooks by mm-hmm. at least by my timeline. Yeah, my thing is I don't I don't know that y'all watched him. No, too I much. agree. He's good. He's okay. I mean, but yeah, they're not going to the take. But that's more reason to 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 focus on what these guys not going to miss a beat next year. Yeah. I promise you that. Yeah. I'm not going to be sitting there, sitting there saying I miss that guy. I promise <laughs> you that. Uh, Nico Collins, what's the hurry? When it comes to Nico Collins, Nico Collins spoke. He had some interesting things to say. Plus. The long shot trade rumor that will not go away. Let's talk about the state of the wide receiver position. We're about an hour and a half away from hearing D'Amico Ryan's next. We're making the stories from outside the loop matter to you. This is Localize It. Don't you know I'm local? You're in the loop on Houston's Sports Leader. Sports Radio 610. All right, so Nico Collins spoke. He spoke to Aaron Wilson at the uh, TriStar show. Aaron Wilson of KPRC 2. Here was what Nico Collins had to say on the 2023 season and what he's looking forward to in the future. It was amazing, man. Blessed season. Um, you know, I, mean, I did miss a couple games, man, but it, it is what it is, man. But I made it out healthy. Um, I did well for the team. Did whatever I could for the team, man. Stay healthy, balled out, did whatever I could. Like it's long season, but it was it was a fun season. Uh, a lot of memory. Excited to get back to work. Great group of guys. That's that's in the locker, ready to get back to work. All right, there you go. So that's uh, that's Nico. He's excited to get back to work. Here's my question: uh, Nico Collins has now concluded three seasons, which means he's eligible for an extension. Uh, after you play three years, you can get extended. That's what, the same situation they're going to have with Derek Stingley next year, um, and and C.J. Stroud in two seasons. My question for you is, and I've heard this thrown out there, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to pay Nico or oh, he was know, maybe you it. extend Nico. Yeah. Do you think there's any hurry to extend Nico Collins? I mean, maybe like if you can get a team friendly deal, maybe, but if you're going to pay him like marquee, this is a top 10, top 15 guy, much like I said last year about Titus Howard and who knows how that would have played out had he not gotten hurt. I don't know how much higher it's going to go. And and this is on the on the notion that, you know, you need to give this guy Amon Ross St. Brown money. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not picking on Sean. I'm just using this as like an example. If you're going to sign Nico Collins, to me, this has to be like some sort of bargain deal. Not a, hey, we're going to pay him at his max value. Like we're going to pay Titus Howard like he's a top five right tackle before the season starts. I like what I see. I love the kid. I'm just saying. This is going to sound a little weird. I don't think Nico Collins should want to sign it right now because he's not going to get that money. Uh, I mean, he's just not. Uh, They're they're, they're, going to negotiate with his agent, and they're going to be saying the same things that we're talking about. Dude, we want to see some more. You know, uh, he's been a little injury prone. Uh, Hasn't completed a season. Uh, We love him. We think he's going to be fantastic, but we got to see a little more. So the offer, like like Nico might come in and asking for that that big money, like you just mentioned, 
they're not going to give it to him. So, like, it's almost, you know, betting on yourself. Nico Collins almost has to say, you know what, I'll show you. And then next year, it becomes a much bigger deal. And he can get uh, much better money, bigger bonus, that whole not, the whole the whole nine yards. You can't pay Nico Collins. You right can't now. pay him that money, and they're not going to. Yeah, if, if there's, like, some sort of bargain and you can do what you did with Whitney Merciless back in the day, and that's always the reference that we use where you get a, you get a bargain, mm-hmm. then, then proactively fine. Yeah. But you're, you're talking, like, 25. No, man. I got to see it again. Do, do Would I bet against seeing it again? No, probably not. Mm-hmm. Would it shock me if last year, when we look at the four-year body of work, was by far his best year? Not really. Yeah. Can he stay healthy? That's what I'm saying. He's missed 13 games the last three years. They're going to come at him. Not It's not personal. They're going to come at him with all that stuff. So I, it, it almost behooves uh, Nico Collins to say, you know what, I'll show you this year. And then we're going to talk real money next year. Now, I, I get the temptation of signing a contract, the bonus and all that. That's a lot. But that's where you have to kind of weigh it. You know, like, am I going to sign this Texans-friendly deal? Or am I going to wait and get you know, big money with a big guarantee next year? Then we have this Justin Jefferson stuff, this dialogue, and, the, and this is the EA Sports portion uh, of the localized it here on In the Loop Sports Radio 610. EA Sports. It's in the game. Do you think we get to a point where the Texans, not necessarily now, but much like these teams that were kind of knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door, where these teams aggressively pursued wide receivers, whether it's the Miami Dolphins with – Tyreek Hill, whether mm-hmm. it's the Bills with Stephon Diggs. Do you think we get to a point where the Texans are doing that? Or is that something that, because of all the reckless stuff, I, I think if you can avoid that, I think that would be the best way to do it. Sometimes you can't avoid it because it's hard to that's, find receivers. That's the point. Um, fingers crossed, to be honest, that, that you are in a position where you can afford to, to go after one last piece like that. Uh, this is not the year. <laughs> This is not the year for like the Justin Jefferson things thing almost makes me uncomfortable to to, to associate him with the Texans because it's not just thirty million dollars, which is about where where he's going to be uh, slotted. It's a first round and multi and another player or two first round picks and a later that that's a lot for this point in your process, you know. And and by the way, it'll be a longer deal too. It'll be five years, six years, and that's when it starts eating into some of these other contracts. I don't. This is, it almost sounds silly. I don't want Justin Jefferson at that cost. I just don't want him. At what cost? Two first? Two first and, and the contract? And a longer term contract? But what if you're looking at it as, all right, you're talking about paying Nico Collins and you're bringing in Justin Jefferson instead, who is a superior player. What if you're looking at it that way? Yeah, but the the cost is still going to be, what, twice as much? No. Nah. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, it will be. I think he's going to be around 30, right? 30, 30, something like that. But you had the top three receiver in the league, though, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, top two. Top two? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the picks. Yeah, I mean, I don't like trading picks at all. And and, and then the key thing to me is it's going to be five or six years or more for Justin Jefferson. Man, that's going to be. He's going to fall off? No, it's going to eat into all your other contracts they have to pay. That's when the cap. Oh, okay. That's when the cap has to come Here into play. Go. No, I. The whole reason I like the Saquon and Josh Jacobs things because we're talking three years. The whole thing I like Mike Evans and who knows about Gabe Davis, but let's, let's use Mike Evans as a as a contract because it's going to be like three years. I wouldn't pay him more than three. I'm, I mean, I would not do it. Steven Nelson, five point three million dollars. <laughs> um, do you, would you like a kicker? 
Would you like a player? Yeah, no, we need, I don't want Dario Gumbawale to kick it. I'm, I'm being smart with Texans money here, Landry. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be smart with it. Uh, you signed Justin Jefferson for six years or more. Well, then you got bills to pay later. Then you are into the whole 2000 Jaguars thing that Seth talked There's about. There's like, but why do you think, why do you think the Bengals are franchise tagging T Higgins right now? But for that reason, for, for money. Because reason. they have Jamar Chase on his rookie deal, right? Yes, exactly. So that that's where you can get right. That's where your Mike Evans argument actually kind of makes sense. If, if that's where you're going. Because it, it, a tag is one year, you know? Uh, if you gave him a contract, who yeah. knows? Who knows how that would play? Yeah, it's a short term. That's my point. point. It's like Justin Jefferson, boy, what a player! Top two, whatever he is. But man, then you start looking down the road, and if this team's going to be what we think it is, then all of a sudden, it becomes like severe. You know, the, the money, the cap issues. Because I think that you know, there's there's a portion of folks who want to spend on this position. There's a portion of folks who want to spend on yeah. that position. I think you should be proactive. I don't, you know, I, I, to me, when, when I hear, when I hear the opposite side of the Mike Evans thing, and I'm kind mm-hmm. of just in the middle instigating and enjoying it. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, I, I don't know what the philo- I don't, I don't think there's like a free agent blueprint, free agent philosophy. And I think when you start thinking that way, that's where you start trying to copy the Patriots and you look like jackass. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I do think you should proactively evaluate your team and not just look at it as, oh, we need this, 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 and we feel good about this, this, this. Like last year at running back, oh, we feel good about Damian Pierce. Do you? Maybe you should have looked. Maybe you should looked a little closer into that. Mm-hmm. We feel good about Nico Collins and Tank Dell uh, as the number two receivers. Oh, maybe you should look closer at that. The mm-hmm. fact that they they barely we're on the field for half a season together. Yeah. So I, I do think there needs to be like some sort of proactive evaluation instead of just drafting for need. That's, that's where the whole draft, like hey, draft for need, draft for, no, I mean, you can, you can improve luxuries. Like it's, when, when you, sometimes that opportunity happens like it did last year with Dalton Schultz, but you can like, if an opportunity presents itself where you can bring in Mike Evans, but you think wide receivers, a position of strength. I don't think you ignore it. If, if you're sitting at 23 in the draft, and Franklin from Oregon falls in your lap. Yeah. Then take that opportunity. Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at some of the most impactful guys in the league right now. Like that was just that was luxury. Like that was luxury. Chiefs didn't need a receiver in Tyreek Hill. It fell to him in the fifth round, and he had happened to have off field issues that allowed them mm-hmm. to make Happens that happen all the time. Man. Cowboys didn't need mm-hmm. Micah Parsons. They had just invested in Demarcus Lawrence. Like the, they, the Cowboys, they actually wanted corners. Yeah, the corners were off the board, so they said, "You know what? We'll take this guy." Mm-hmm. Or Seattle, they took Jackson Smith or Jigba. Yeah, they didn't need, need a re- they yeah. need a receiver. Yeah. yeah, and they and they and you you add to it. So I don't. I'm I'm not like. There's a lot of philosophies, and we've had like philosophical wars here at Sports Radio 610 lately, which we'll get into at 11. You want to <laughs> talk about someone fired up? Um, but. I think, like, of all the philosophies, whether it's paying this guy, paying that guy, uh, salary cap, all that crap, to me the most dangerous philosophy is you just sit there and try to fill in holes. Yeah, we need that. So we need, we're going we're gonna to pay this guy that. Like, we're gonna, we, we need to go on defense, so we're going to do that. Or when you have small sample sizes and you assume that that's, yeah, yeah. That that's the norm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it happens all the time. It happens every year. Uh, where that you can bolster a position that is presumed strength. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Landry Larker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig with you. Let me, let, me, let me ask you this question. 
You watched the Texans last game, right? I believe I did. You did, right? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you say they lost that game? Would you say it was the defense or the offense? Uh, I would say it was the defense. You and, would? Yeah, I would. I would say it was the offense. Really? They didn't score a point. Well, the second half. They didn't score a point. They yeah. scored a punt return touchdown. Yeah. Well, yeah. They didn't score a damn point. Mm-hmm. And they wore down. If they had been able to score, like let's say they'd had some wide receiver depth to where they didn't have Tank Dell and they didn't have John Mechie and Xavier Hutchinson going out there trying to do whatever the hell they were trying to do out there. Yeah. If they would have had like some depth. Let's say, they, let's say that game is 21 to 7 at half or something like that. Maybe they could have figured something out. I think they just got worn down. I thought the, I thought well, the no, offense the defense was the did problem. Get, the defense did get worn down. They got worn down. Yeah, the defense definitely But that was did. inevitable, but they also didn't score a damn the second point. half they made it look easy. They but scored I think, zero points. I think that was that was a factor. Look, look, and, and, and the, the problem is assuming. I mean, people say that all the time. You're going to assume Nico Collins. You're going to assume Tank Dell. But then what else can you assume? You can't assume anything on the at the wide receiver position. And even assuming those two guys is a little risky because of what we've been talking about here. So I, I can't be more I adamant about what you need to do with this I, team, and that's bolstering. I would rather have offense. D'Amico Ryans coaching up the defense and you 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 looking at, at, at defense potentially in the draft. Depth. And this and, offense yeah. just becoming explosive as hell and beating people up and running the ball and being balanced and having a balanced receiving core and all that, as opposed to – Hey, this edge guy is going to come in here, and we're just going to stop everybody. That's my my recipe is just make this offense as good as possible, and the defense can be opportunistic. Like you well, can, you, like you're up, you're up 14 points, so they have to throw, so you can force more turnovers. Well, let's 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 do that. We've kind of talked about defining our offseason approach for this team. I'm going to define it very simply: help C.J. Stroud all you can because he's the guy that's going to get you there. Then. With the draft picks, you've got opportunities on the defensive side. Maybe even a, a free agent at a particular position that 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 isn't a, a deal, you know, going to break the bank. But yes, the number one priority, the number one philosophy, approach, whatever you want to call it, is you got to help C.J. Stroud. Got to, got to. Don't don't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Don't take it for granted. We'll see what happens. It's dangerous when you assume, man. Coming up, did one of our teammates assume a little bit too intensely? You thought Lopez was fired up about <laughs> uh, free agent philosophies. Wait till you hear what one of our other co-workers had to say next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers over overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, rodeo is upon us. Starts today, Major Laser. 
little EDM action for you folks. Uh, we're going to get you to uh, to NRG to see Major Laser coming up here on In The Loop Sports Radio 610, 11 and 1. So we're on the show, Hughley went off yesterday. I was I was in the whip, I was going home and I heard Ron the show Hughley kind of going off on uh the notion that the Texans can't sign two big name guys. Say their names, Say their names Ron. Say their names. Yeah, I, I I don't know who he was talking about. I think he uh, might have been talking, saying, uh, I, th- I think I do. I think he might have been talking about Seth. <laughs> people are saying. Not sure, but I, I enjoyed uh, the rant and I enjoyed the passion. Here was uh, part one, and we'll, and we'll start and pause. Here was start uh, part one of Ron Hughley uh, going off on the notion that the Texans can't sign two big names. I get the feel that there are some people who have maybe convinced themselves that they, if they, if they pay somebody 25 Hell, $30 million or 18 whatever million dollars. Like, now what are they going to do? How are they going to sign Nico? No, no, no. They can sign Mike Evans and sign Nico Collins if they want to. If they want to. If they want to do that. There is nothing that they can do in free agency. John Lopez has been trying to fight this fight. But, I mean, there is nothing that they can do that will stop them barring something crazy. Right? Like, we all don't believe they're going to sign... Mike Evans, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Justin Matabike, and Patrick Queen. Like, we know that they're not going to do all of that. You go two, hell, maybe even three. It's not going to prevent them. They've got four guys that make $10 million on this team. Four guys that make $10 million. They have nine on the total team that make more than five. Right now, going into next year, they've got nine guys that make more than $5 million. The top is 25 with Laramie Tunzel. The Kansas City Chiefs have seven guys, seven guys that make $10 million or more. They've got one who makes 58, (laughs) who makes more than the top three guys alone for the Texans. He makes more than Tunzel. He makes more than Titus Howard. He makes more than Shaq Mason combined. They got two other guys that make 25 plus. (laughs) Kelsey is at the 15 range. They've got seven guys, and somehow they find a way to fit Nick Bolton on the on the roster. They find a way to to keep Justin Reed, who makes $14 million, on their roster. And you know what else they're trying to do? And we're hearing they're going to bring back Chris Jones. Because <laughs> the numbers you just mentioned don't, didn't include Chris Jones. That doesn't Jones. include Chris Jones. No. They're going to bring back Chris Jones and Sneed is what we're hearing is that they're going to try to do that. But the Texans, again, have four guys who make $10 million. Who's the other team? When you say, all right, they've got a rookie. Because we've forgotten the thought of, you have a rookie quarterback. This is what you're excited about. The San Francisco 49ers have a rookie quarterback. They have 10 guys that make over $10 million. 10. 10. Mm. 10. Ten. Currently, the Texans have four, the Chiefs have seven, and the 49ers have 10. I mean, that just alone right there gives you a... Like, 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 yes, like they can go and make these, they can go and make these deals... And fill out the roster. How much did the Chiefs get? I don't want to get in here because this ticked me off last week. People talking about punters and kickers. The Chiefs kicker <laughs> makes $5 million. People? Still on the team within this. <laughs> if those teams, and sometimes it feels like, Clint, that some Texans fans feel like Ooh. the Texans are operating in a different league than everybody else by the way they do things. Thank you. Dude. Like, like that, that, that's my whole point. And, and after listening to that and the discussions we've had, like, I, 
I hope we don't get to a point in three, you know, let's say three years from now, where like, what were they doing? Why did they sit on that money? They're not going to sit. Well, according to some, they, they you shouldn't be spending this money like this. Some people. Seth is so mad at you for, for labeling him as someone who doesn't want to spend money. No, no, I get that. But, but I'm not saying that Seth does not want to spend money. But he's very adamant. Oh, and he, you know, talking, I think the yeah. roster thing he just needs to lose. I think that I think he just dug in a hole there. Ron just alluded like, to if, it. If we want to argue about where to spend money, that's fine. But but like that, going through the roster, like you're not going to fill a roster if you sign one of these top guys. I, I yeah. think that's I, I think that's where we're getting lost in translation. Yes, absolutely. The, the the roster that he's talking about that's vegetables. When you go to the grocery store, you still got to you still want the main. You want you want a, a, a ribeye because y'all you know? want it, y'all y'all both want to spend money. Yes. So, but but if 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 listing the kicker and the swing tackle and all that is like an argument against you, you're arguing against yourself too. Yes, because that has nothing to do with the ribeye. Yes, that's filling out the roster, and it's that, not that, you know, it's not a hard cap. You push it back like all that, and the cap went up. I was worried about show yesterday. I thought he was going to lose his voice. One, so, one more thing about about that first. We'll part, hear though. the most epic part of uh, yeah. of Ron's. Rant, and then we'll hear Seth. Yeah. He's got a message for you, buddy. Okay, sure. Yeah, he's got a message for you, buddy. <laughs> okay. But what he just referenced is what I've been talking about and talking about and talking about. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs have spent all this money, and he just laid it out. And they're still going to spend more money. They're still going to spend more money this offseason on big-time ticket items. Like, that's why... I don't want to be looking back thinking, man, what did they do? Why did they sit on that money? Why didn't they take advantage when they could? And you're going to hear me say it again. They'll never have this chance again. They're never going to have this opportunity again. No, and it's it's obviously a little bit different, but the, but the money's there. And I want to make this clear. Mm-hmm. Seth Payne wants to spend money, too. Right. So let me make that clear. He wants it clear. He wants to spend money, too. Mm-hmm. Just like you, maybe just as much, just in different areas. Right. They'll fill a roster if they do that. <laughs> Here's part two of Ron Hughley's rant yesterday. My goodness, this guy was going off. I, I, had, I had to park out outside the garage and listen to the end of this one, and I was kind of <laughs> worried about it. This person just this person texted in, and they're trying to be cute. It's silly. Since you're a resident, resident capologist, now please tell me how we replace the following starters and still pay big money to two or three big price free agents. One at corner, linebacker, D-tackle, running back. Don't count the kicker and punter because they're irrelevant. Don't forget the draft and depth players. Yeah, you have the draft. You have all those things. All right, listen, you want to say that because you, you're pulling a cop out, capologist thing. You tell me how the damn San Francisco 49ers are able to, a, to afford Trent Williams, $31 million on a cap hit next year. Debo Samuel, $28 million on a cap hit next year. Eric Armstead, $28 million on a cap hit next year. Fred Warner, $24 million on a cap hit, hit next year. George Kittle, $21 million on a cap hit. $18 million for Traverius Ward. Javon Hargrave, $15. Nick Bosa, $14. Nick Bosa, by the way, is the highest paid player on their team. But somehow his cap hit's only $14. Oh, my God, how the hell did they do that? <laughs> Who does that in the NFL? How are they able to pull that off? I don't know. And then here, it's not done. Christian McCaffrey hadn't gotten to him. $14 million. Brandon Ayuk. 14 million. Dre Greenlaw, a shade under 10. How in the hell are they able to do it with Brock Purdy on a rookie deal? But you can't. You said it.
I'm talking too loud for some of y'all. <laughs> I can see some of you are are, are you are not, not well well ready for that type of intensity. I'm telling you, man. Like like if we combined with what we're we're talking about, what I've said, and what he's saying. It's just silly. It's just silly to think otherwise that you can't. Oh, you can't do this, and that's why they know the trigger word epitome. Like, and and he referenced it there in a different way, but like, like they are in a different league. He's, I think he said that. Like, I don't. I don't not. think it's an epitome. I, I don't. I don't like. I. I don't. I don't think you want to buy uh, spend on Mike Evans no matter what. No, but the idea of I don't oh, think no, that we Seth can't doesn't do that. want to spend money. I just think somewhere along the line, this got lost in translation. Where if you, whether it's what Sean and Seth want to do, where let's let's say you sign Christian Wilkins and then you sign an edge guy or Patrick Queen, yeah, or you do what Lopez is thrown out there and say that you sign Saquon Barkley and Mike Evans, your way is a lot cheaper and better for the long term. And you're and and yeah. yeah, because it's it's probably shorter term deals. Yes, you're talking two three three year deals. Like with Mike Evans and Saquon Barkley, you're talking three year deals. If you're going to sign an edge guy or a D lineman, you're talking four or five year deals. No, that's that's just what it's going to be. Absolutely, they're not signing three year deals. Yeah. So the roster thing is where I think it got lost in translation. Where we start where where, where yeah. Sean Pendergast says he saw the light because of Dieter and special team Angelo Ross. How about, can we put Sean in the slime off for acting like he was surprised that an NFL player made a million dollars? Let's let I, I got to put Sean in the slime off for that. Mr. $10,000. Oh no. This sounds like a slime ball nomination. Slime. Okay, let's hear this real quick. This is, I, I got to put Sean in the slime off for this one. This was, and the and the real enlightening thing was yeah Sean Sean's contestant won in the slime. I think off. the other thing too, like the, like I'll tell you what, like an eye opening thing to me was the other day. It looked like a total non story, and ultimately it probably is as far as the season goes. But they re-signed a couple of their restricted free agents. The Texans did D'Angelo Ross for about a million. No way. And this Dieter Iceland guy a million for bucks? a couple million bucks. And like okay. That's three million bucks right there. Like the minimum Whoa. salary for an NFL player is, is approaching a million dollars. Damn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like each roster spot is going to be a minimum of a million bucks. I thought it was twenty five an hour. Yeah. That's for, that's slime off number one. We we got <laughs> We got to get past this. But now, now that we get past this, let's just let, let's let's get to where let's get to where you and Seth mm-hmm. are arguing about the smart way to spend money. Right. Let's 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 get there to where we're not listing players. Let's hear from the man himself though. Landry Locker, John Lopez, Figgy Fee. We're less than an hour away from hearing D'Amico Rants. Haven't heard his voice in a long time. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. But here was uh, Seth, number one, and he's calling your ass out. You and your fishing shirt can go <laughs> stick it. Somehow there's a faction of people in Houston who think that the only avenue and route, if you care about the Texans winning, is to full force put everything you have into signing Mike Evans. And that's the only thing. That's, that's the test. If you don't want Mike Evans, then then you don't care about winning. I don't get it. I've got zero, zero, zero issue with signing guys that I want. Like, but it's just like somehow me wanting Patrick Queen and Christian Wilkins. I that means that I don't care about the Texans winning. It's only only if you like Mike Evans and only if you like Saquon Barkley. Only if you want to sign a running back who's been healthy in two out of his five damn years in the league. And only if you want 
to pay really good money to a, a guy I like a lot, Mike Evans, to add to a position that you are already strong at and you need to build from within. There are eight starters who need to be replaced right now. Uh, like, yeah, th- like you've got limited resources. I'm sorry to tell everybody. I'm sorry to explain that to everybody. Never said that. Uh, you know, that, and that's the number one thing. Uh, never, ever, 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 ever have I said, ever, let me say one more time, ever, it's got to be Mike Evans. Uh, I do think the focus should be on the offense, uh, running back and wide receiver. And, and free agency. And free agency. Yeah. Because we've talked about this. Today, we've talked about this. Um, that 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 at those, With C.J. Stroud, you got to help him in any way you can. There are questions about longevity and durability and consistency because they've only done it for one year with Nico Collins and Tank Dell. So I disagree with them, and that's a philosophy. But yeah. let's talk about. Let's what just it, get away from the notion that you can't. Neither one of y'all can fill a roster because let's just pretend y'all yes. both want to spend the right amount of money. But let's talk about are the same ish amount of money. The Patrick Queen. Let, let, let me turn the tables on Seth here. All right, because he <laughs> talked about Saquon and Mike Evans, which I never said, as I just mentioned. But he's mentioned. Multiple, but you said you could sign you both. You could of them. sign Not both. That it's, I said you could you have to. Yes, he mentioned multiple times now Patrick Queen and Christian Wilkins. If he's want, if if he's wanting to 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 spend that kind of money, he actually should be on my side with the offense because those contracts, as we just talked about, are going to be longer term, and it's going to actually affect and higher and higher, and it's going to actually affect you know what you're going to be doing. But with, it's with impact. The Derek but, but it's and, an impact. No, and, and if he's, I think y'all's argument should be about impact. When when you start listing, do you want to fill a roster? Yeah, that when that like saying that is why. Yeah. Is why there could be like some misunderstanding that he doesn't want to spend the, any money. The thing I agree on, yeah, uh, is we do have a philosophical di- difference. Like he says, defense is the priority. I say offense is the priority. Yes, that that that's a good argument. That, that's a good it's argument. Good discussion. It's a good discussion. But if you're talking about spending wisely, yeah, the wise money is on the offensive side of because those two guys are probably three year guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. Saquon, yeah. Saquon and Evans. And Saquon's years. way less, like less than half of what. Right. Queen or Wilkins. Like, if you want to bolster the defense, cool. But buyer beware. Because those are going to be longer-term contracts, higher contracts, and it's going to affect the Stingleys and the Will Andersons, yeah. et cetera. See? We're, I, think we're, I think we're getting somewhere here. <laughs> Don't you think we're kind of getting somewhere? Yeah, yeah. All right, let's hear it's the final. about four days. Let's, <laughs> we're getting there. Let's hear the final, let's hear the final part of the, uh, of the uh, analysis from Seth Payne this morning. I've been in the damn league since 1997. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. You can't just go out and pluck everything you want off the shelf and have it turn out well in the end. Mm-hmm. Over aggressive spending, the bill does come due at some point. To me, I think the main difference between you and I and uh, for sure Lopez and I think probably probably Clint also is where we want to spend the money. Like I'd rather yes. spend the money on defense. Yeah. That's- no, no, no. It, yeah, it's being characterized as that um, – like, my objection to the Mike Evans and Saquon Barkley is that I think it's stupid money. Mm-hmm. I think that's a stupid spend. I would love to spend more aggressively on the places where there are actually no human beings right now. That's a good call. And that's where I'd love to spend aggressively. Yeah. Yeah. I know Ron thinks that we can spend aggressively um, right up to the hill on every single position because there's nothing we can do that will hurt us in the future. But that's actually not the way it actually works. Yeah, look, um, I know he played the game. But aggressive spending, let me just reiterate, you're more aggressive if you spend that on defense. Like, you are. Like, like he said, it comes back to bite you in the butt. 
It's true. The chances of that happening are higher if you do that on the defensive side with these guys. Of it coming back to bite yeah, you. Yeah, those are butt. more prototypical. Right. Bad free agency deals. Right, and that's why yeah. I, I don't understand. If you want to be smart money, it's offense. I, I don't know how you can compare the Saquon Barkley thing to anything else because the entire state of the running back position has changed so much in recent years yeah. to where, yes, like the concerns are still there, but the risk, I think, is lower. The impact is still the same. So, to me, like when you talk about I've been here since 97, 97 running backs were the highest paid guys in the league, right? Like they are, they were close to it, right? I think so. Yeah, I think they uh, were up there. So, like, right now with where the running back position is, like, when you're talking about the running backs, I think that has changed. I don't know that you can compare that to anything else. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans' situation is a little bit different, too, because you're talking about a one-of-one type of situation. But the Christian Wilkins, the Patrick Queen type of deals, yeah. those are the types of deals that you're pointing to and saying those don't work out. No. You go back to Albert Hainsworth. I think I think that's in Seth's time. I think he was playing back then. Like, but, like, there's... There's a lot of examples of, like, you, you pay this D tackle, you pay this linebacker, but the Saquon and Evans, I think they're a little bit different. Uh, absolutely. Instead of comparing them to everything else. Let's go out to the Combine. Let's talk to Cody Stutes. He's live at the Combine. We'll hear from D'Amico Ryans in 40 minutes. But first, who are we listening to right now, Fig? Major Lazer. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I've heard this. Y'all heard this, yeah. yeah. Major Lazer coming to the rodeo. Rodeo begins today. Caller number seven. 713-572-416. Caller 7, you're going to see Major Laser. Your next chance to win coming up at 1. Let's go live to the Combine next. All right, let's go to the NFL Combine. There's a strange development based on the dialogue that's been going on there. We'll hear from D'Amico Ryans in 35 minutes, but it might it might change our mindset about a certain position. Let's talk to Cody Stutes. He's out in Indy. Cody, you brought this up. The tight end position. You, you've talked to some coaches, GMs, and, and they kind of have you raising the, the eyebrows uh, when it comes to the state of the tight end position for the Texans. Yeah, so Jason Lipp, the Buccaneers general manager, was talking uh, to the Buccaneers media, and I just happened to be standing there listening to what he was saying, hoping for a Mike Evans update, and he just sort of, volunteers that it's good that they added to the tight end position last year and worked around some of the deficiencies of this year's draft class because it's not the tightest, not the strongest tight end draft class. And it's not anywhere near what last year's draft class is. And if you remember, because the draft class was so strong, a guy like Dalton Schultz was available for the Texans at a much bigger discount than many expected him to get from a contract standpoint. I don't think that's going to be the case with Schultz and other free agents this year because you don't have those young players to turn to in the draft to fill those roles like, say, the Lions did last year when they drafted Laporta or the Bills did last year when they drafted Kincaid. So the price for Dalton Schultz, he's already the best veteran tight end set to hit the market, but without a reinforcement from the uh, – Rookie class this year at the tight end spot, the veterans are going to reign supreme this offseason, it feels like. Yeah, and that's not necessarily – in fact, it's not a good thing because he's going to get multiple offers from multiple places. Yeah, I mean, you got to – if you're the Texans and, you know, Nick Casario is going to, going to talk tomorrow, that's really where, you know, you'll find out, hey, are, are you guys interested in using the franchise tag? What do you think of the franchise tag? I mean, Schultz is a franchise tag consideration type guy. It basically would double his salary. Yes, it's a fully guaranteed – hit on the salary cap, but just because you tag him to keep him from free agency doesn't mean you couldn't keep negotiating 
a longer-term deal, two, three years, take care of Dalton Schultz, get him that guaranteed money spread out over two years, and then that sort of helps you adjust the cap hit. But the Texans really got to consider getting a deal done ahead of free agency or maybe even using the tag. I'll be interested to see what D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casario have to say about Schultz in the next couple of days, and certainly with Casario, about potentially using the franchise tag. We're live at the NFL Combine with Cody Stutes here on In the Loop Sports Radio 610. D'Amico Ryan speaking in 33 minutes. So one of the good things about the Combine is you kind of get to get the point of view from other squads, and you kind of get to localize it with the team you cover. What What's the most popular maybe opinion outside of CJ Stroud is good. Like what's the most popular opinion that you're getting from other NFL media types when it comes to the Texans and perhaps where they are heading into the, the off season. The, the biggest thing talking to a bunch of different media people was that they were super impressed with the offense because they weren't super impressed with Nico Collins as sort of a top wide receiver. Two different people asked me, is he actually a number one? Can he be a number one? Can he stay a number one? And most of the conversation was, if I was running the Texans, I'd just go get Mike Evans or I'd go get a big-time wide receiver and add him to Nico Collins and Tank Dell, which I don't know that that's, you know, a super prevalent thought amongst Texans fans. And I know you guys have discussed, you know, how much a guy like Evans would cost. Obviously, T. Higgins is on the franchise tag now, so he's probably not an option. But the the belief in – the wide receiver group that the Texans have right now is pretty low amongst people who, you know, cover other teams and just kind of observe the Texans from afar. And I'm a little bit higher on the Nico Collins tank Dell combination. I certainly want them to add to the room, but that was what jumped out to me was there's a lot of skepticism with the pass catchers in the Texans offense, you know, Dell getting injured last year and the Nico Collins, maybe not being able to repeat that top, uh, level performance that he put together this past year. So that's what stuck out to me talking to everybody else who doesn't come to Texas. Now, I want to ask you about this because it does tie in with the free agency stuff uh, as well. We can look at media people and experts, draft analysts, uh, all we want about what they think, where they think the position draft, uh, the position in this draft is, is strongest, uh, which position group. What are you picking up now as you're p- talking to people there? Where is this draft the strongest? I know receiver, but maybe outside of receiver. Well, it's it's one of those things where we can think back to the Titus Howard conversation. This is one of the strongest tackle drafts and offensive line drafts in, in recent years. I mean, just a couple of different general managers today talking have just gushed about the tackle depth. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah last week was talking about how there's five, maybe six guys that can find themselves in the first round with a bunch of them going in the top ten, which, hey, the Texans are set at tackle. They don't need an offensive tackle, but – you know, the, the, the positive outlook on that is if a bunch of tackles are going before pick 23, then a better player gets pushed down the board from that standpoint. John, you talked about wide receiver. That's a really deep position as well. And then I think the defensive line group is probably a little top-heavy. There's maybe not as many guys from the middle to late standpoint that teams would maybe trust right away, but a little top-heavy defensive line group. But the offensive tackle and the offensive line positions are where everybody's raving, it feels like, in this year's draft here at the Combine. Where are you at? Cody Stutes live from the <clears throat> NFL Combine. Where are you at on the uh, Saquon Barkley thing? <laughs> so I'm in favor of Saquon Barkley. I, I'd prefer a bell cow type with compliments you know, cheaper compliments around him. The one thing I did notice talking to a bunch of different people, 
uh, last night about Saquon Barkley and even people who worked in, in and around New York, they're shooting way lower than a lot of the contract projections on Saquon Barkley, and they're not necessarily believing the, you know, I think you've seen, you know, if you go to spot rack, you know, 10 years or 10 million a year uh, for three years with, you know, 20-ish or so guaranteed, that, that a lot of people feel like the guarantees are going to be low and the commitment from a year standpoint is going to be lower than three years. I don't know that I totally buy that. Uh, I'm interested in Saquon Barkley and then having guys that can help and then maybe a competent guy should injuries pop up again for Saquon Barkley. But again, for the past three seasons, he's played more games than Christian McCaffrey has. So the injury concerns, they're a lot further away for Saquon Barkley than people remember him. I know he missed basically a whole season in 2020, but he's been playing a bunch over the past three seasons. So I'm not as worried about that. And it's not a super deep and talented running back class. So I don't know that you want to say bring back a middling veteran and invest a, a pick in a running back versus bring back one or, you know, go get one of these bigger veterans who's a bit more talented and then sort of backfill it with another veteran as well. And maybe kick the young guy can down the road a couple of years from a running back standpoint. All right. So at the risk of bringing you into a discussion we've had for a couple of days now, uh, offense, defense, how the Texans spend free agent money this year. I, I'm going to ask D'Amico Ryans about if there's positions that he trusts veterans more versus positions that he trusts, you know, he, he would trust rookies more. I, I just, I don't love the, the, the depth at running back or where the running backs are kind of situated in most people's draft board opinion. So I would like for them to spend on the running back spot, but I feel like the majority of their investment is going to be in free agency, not only adding potential starters, you got a, you got an opening a defensive tackle, you got an opening a defensive end, you got an opening a cornerback opposite Derek Stingley, but adding some significant depth. I mean, Jimmy Ward dealt with injuries last year. Jalen Petrie wasn't very good. You need some depth at the safety spot. Derek Stingley's a guy that hasn't been healthy in the NFL in his time in, in the league. So depth at the cornerback spot, you only got a handful of linebackers on the team. You need to go find some depth or some starters there and I tend to lean towards starter money being primarily spent on the defense, but I would prioritize taking care of what is a gaping hole on the roster right now, which is the running back spot. All right, there you go, Stutes. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you throughout the week. Uh, enjoy the combine. Uh, do your thing with D'Amico, man. Yeah, we'll be listening. We'll be listening. Sounds good. There you go, Cody right. Stutes, live from the NFL Combine here on In the Loop on Sports Radio. Six ten. The uh the Saquon thing's going crazy right now. It's going nuts. Sean and Seth are uh what what's Sean got like a sword or something? He's got the sword. I just saw that. Uh it's from that uh whatever that movie is, the Scottish movie with the blue face. Uh he says that's Braveheart? Him. Yeah, Braveheart. That's him and uh, Seth uh against all the Barkley lover onslaught. Oh, so Sean's anti Saquon. Is, is it too. an onslaught? Sean's anti Saquon too. <laughs> oh my goodness. Good lord. Uh, Landry Locker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig with you. By the way, I'm looking at, uh, I decided to go back because Seth said, uh, you know, I was in the, I've been in this league since 1997. Mm-hmm. Go back to 1997. Oh, this. goodness. This an article from the AP. <laughs> um, the Detroit News and Detroit Free Press reported that Barry Sanders has agreed to a $34.56 million contract that averages slightly more than $5.7 million a season. Troy Aikman had previously been the highest-paid oh, wow. player in the NFL, but oh, it's wow. now Barry Sanders. So I think the league's changed a little a bit. A little bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that explains why he's so scared of Saquon Barkley. Maybe old Seth is stuck in 1997. 
Lord. Coming up next, when it comes to the Saquon Barkley thing, C.J. Straub oh. appears to be on one side of things. We'll tell you what side that is next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. 20 minutes, D'Amico Ryan's live. He's going to end his silence. I've missed hearing D'Amico's voice. I know. I know you're more of a Cully, Lovey Smith type, but I, I like hearing D'Amico yeah, speak, no. so I'm The most I'm important thing about football there you go. is the football. There you go. I'm excited for this, man. Very excited. If we got to go three and out and punt it, we're good. It's John Lopez's uh, spirit Absolutely, animal when it comes uh, to pigskin. Ridiculous drive-by for no reason whatsoever. So, Saquon Barkley, he's become kind of a polarizing uh, figure uh, around here. Um, this, uh, this is Aaron Wilson of KPRC2. Uh, this is his report that uh, Saquon and C.J. Stroud apparently been communicating a little bit this offseason. Saquon Barkley, it, not, it goes beyond him following guys on social media and hitting like on Paul Wall's <laughs> come to Houston tweet. It's a case of him communicating with top players, including C.J. Stroud, yep. about a desire to play here. It is mutual, but they are keeping their options open at running back, and that includes the possibility of bringing back Devin Singletary. It's not Saquon Barkley or bust for the Texans, but it's something I believe they'll explore. All right, so there you go. They, they've been uh, they've been talking. So we'll see where this goes. It's just, it's astonishing. You just heard Cody Stutz. That he said that the projections could be even less, which, what, what are we talking about? We're talking about $7 million a That year would be wild. Saquon. Yeah, like, that was just say- kind of an interesting little tidbit Yeah, what there. are we saying? Like, yeah. right, like 341 is like the max, I think, what Jonathan Taylor got with the Colts. Mm-hmm. Like that would be, you know, probably too much for a lot of people. But yeah. the the Saquon thing is interesting. I think Payne and Pendergast have established themselves, and Sean Sean's kind of confirmed it with the tweet. Yeah, they don't want Saquon. They're dug in. They're dug in on mm-hmm. no thank you for Saquon. Whether it's Henry, whether it's Jacobs, that's where they're at. CJ appears to be. I don't know what he's doing. Well, let me ask you about that, you and Figgy both, because I'm I'm the one that just yesterday was saying, ah, you know, these guys do that on social media. I don't really put much stock into it, et cetera. Now, I don't know Aaron's report. I mean, he didn't really reference like if who, you know, a source told him. He just kind of rep, you know made it as fact. So I don't know. Uh, what the hell are you saying? How v- valid uh, the report is? If it's just something he's heard, that's what I'm getting at. Whether it's something he's heard or something that he's reporting, because it was kind of vague there. But let's assume that it is more than social media, okay? Let me ask you both this, because I, I, as I said, if it's social media, I kind of roll my eyes and everybody does that. If he's had discussions or text exchanges with Saquon Barkley and vice versa, yeah. is there a little Tank Dell action going on here? What do you mean, where he wants his guy and Remember he, he wanted guy? to, we, I didn't buy it then, but apparently, you know, they talked about it and I don't know how important it was. They liked each other. But I'm saying even with Nick has referenced it. Nick Casario's yeah. referenced it. Now, I don't know how important it was ultimately in, 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 in getting Tank Dell, but if he's texting with him, does that make it different? Is that a different kind of, like, I guess, interest that, that, that CJ has in, in him and vice versa than just exchanging social media? Why would you not be interested in him? That's what I don't well, get. That like too. With what, with what yeah. the market is, and 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 this was Seth. Uh, this was Seth earlier today, um, and this was kind of a reference to the notion of signing Saquon Barkley and Mike Evans. Uh, this was Seth 
uh, talking about that type of mindset. I've been in the damn league since 1997. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. You can't just go out and pluck everything you want off the shelf and have it turn out well in the end. Mm -hmm. Over aggressive spending, the bill does come due at some point. To me, I think the main difference between you and I and uh, for sure Lopez and I think probably probably Clint also is where we want to spend the money. Like I'd rather spend the money on defense. Yeah. That's- no, no, no. It, yeah, it's being characterized as that um, – like, my objection to the Mike Evans and Saquon Barkley is that I think it's stupid money. Mm-hmm. I think that's a stupid spend. I would love to spend more aggressively on the places where there are actually no human beings right now. That's a good call. Uh, that's where I'd love to spend aggressively. Yeah. Yeah. I know Ron thinks that we can spend aggressively um, right up to the hill on every single position because there's nothing we can do that will hurt us in the future. But that's actually not the way it actually works. They don't have a running back. They don't have a running like, back. Like, no human beings. They, they don't have a running back. Mm-hmm. They don't. They had Damian Pierce is their only running back, and I, I know he mentioned 1997. 1997. I just I just read an article from the Detroit Free Pet Press. Uh, Barry Sanders became the highest paid running back. It's not the case anymore. Yeah, like running backs are nowhere. Highest paid player. Yeah, highest paid player in the NFL. Yeah. That, that doesn't happen anymore. So it's not it's not the it's not the same. But the, but they definitely they definitely don't have a, a running back. They have Damian Pierce. Well, and the other thing is, and I'm you you want defense. I want offense. Others want offense. I'm not going to argue that. What I will argue is this. I think it's less aggressive uh, to spend that money on the offensive side at running back and wide receiver. He says if he's going to be aggressive, he wants to do it on the defense. Well, as we mentioned earlier, that that's, that's it's a, a longer, higher level of aggression. It's a higher level of aggression. It's more money, and it's longer-term deal. And then there's this. I want people I, – I, I, I want them to fill the roster. Yeah. They're going to fill the roster. They're going to find players that are yeah. good. Let's just throw that or out. better let's than good. Let's just get past. Like that. he said, I I, I want that, to let's sign get past that though. where they don't have people. Well, they're 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 not going to start the season and say, well, don't have any cornerbacks. Yeah, you know, I, it, it, you're, they're going to fill the roster. It's going to be filled. They're, what I'm saying is, <laughs> upper end game changing players. You can like defense. I like offense. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, Saquon's injured. Uh, I, B. Blake on YouTube says, I'm shocked how many people want the Texans to sign Barkley outside of the numerous failures regarding signing free agent running backs across the NFL. G- give me some examples there, bud. Like, yeah. that's like the, the various examples of uh, failed sign. Are we going back to Mon Green? No. Yeah. Like, is that where we're going? Look, let, let, hold on. <laughs> okay. There's no position in the NFL that has changed more in recent years than the running back position. It's changed. Yeah. So let's quit going back in time and talking about this running back, this, and this contract, that. Give me the examples. Because I think they're so undervalued that you can, you can get running backs for, for cheap. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're not giving Saquon Barkley over three years, I don't think. It's in the impact that he makes at his best, like Christian McCaffrey, the impact he's making on the 49ers. It's the reason they've been where they, where they've been the last two years. Mm-hmm. He allows Brock Purdy to do his thing. Yeah. So like when we, if we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about, you know, th- these historic examples and this has happened, just tell me, like, give me an, give me these examples that you speak of and tell me how the running back position was the same then as it is now. Because it's not. It's mm-hmm. changed big time. Look at the draft. In 1997, hell, 10 years ago, like a like a Saquon Barkley on the market or whatever, the Giants might have already locked him up. Uh, right. 
And look at the draft where running backs were prioritized uh, in years past and where they're prioritized now. Uh, it's just not the same. But again, that that's neither here nor there in terms of like this aggressive spending. Uh, I, I just, aggressive spending, yes, I would love Patrick Queen. I would love Christian Wilkins. Um, but that's also a defense. And I think Seth and, and Sean both uh, would agree with this. The Texans have done more with less on the defensive side of the ball by far than they've done maybe ever. Like, players have played as well or better than ever. So, yes, I want a superstar player, but that's not necessarily something that is like, I got to have. You know, I got to have that on the defensive side. And, and now we're just naming, we're just naming guys, and, and it's out of nowhere. Melvin Gordon? Melvin, Melvin Gordon's never made over five mil, like $6 million a season. Like, the, the, the guy got franchise tagged. Miles Sanders? Yeah, the Panthers gave him a four-year deal. They're dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're idiots. That's not Saquon Barkley. So it's not it's not the same. Like the running back positions, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. If you don't like Saquon, you don't like Saquon. That's fine. That's fine. I I, mm-hmm. I can understand that. You mm-hmm. don't like Quan. Yeah, that's cool. A lot of, a lot of people like different guys. I think the case by Seth has been laid out very nicely with Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. It's been laid out good. Yeah, and that's, but the that's running back, one, by the way, he would prefer. But but you can like we can compare like bad free agency and good free agency, but. The, the, I don't think there's a position in sports, in sports, from the time period that is being referenced, the mm-hmm. 90s, um, to now, that has changed more than the running back position. Yeah. At all. No, there's not. Running back, I mean, I mean, maybe receivers are even higher valued, mm-hmm. but it's kind of gone the opposite with the, with the running backs. Right. You can look at free agent signings. You can look at the draft. Uh, you can look at salaries. You can look at length of contracts. You can look at players that have been cut. Um, you know, uh, earlier in their career than they than they they would have thought. All of it has changed with the running back position. But there are players. Look, everybody's going to go to the outlier. Well, what about so and so, Melvin Gordon, and all? That? We get it. Like it's not a it's not an exact science. You know what? It's not an exact science on the defensive side either. You know, it's not an exact science with with all these players that you're talking about, whether it's Christian Wilkins, Patrick Green, or whomever. And now Saquon Barkley, somehow some some sort of injury prone guy. This is this is back on the YouTube. B Bake, I appreciate you for coming through. I'm not trying to pick on you. I just think you you're you you are a symbol of 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 the silliness that has developed. You're part of the problem. Backs. No, he is the face of the problem. The epitome. In this, he, he's the epitome <laughs> because now it's well Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's injury prone. Why? Because he missed. Because he because he. Because he had one season-ending injury four years ago, he's missed eight games in the last three years. Yeah, he's been going behind one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL and one of the worst quarterback situations. Okay, his coach, his coach was an absolute disaster three years ago. He's missed eight games. That's how many Tank Dell missed last year. Nico Collins has missed thirteen in that same stretch the last three years since since he had this season-ending injury. Like running backs just get crapped on, man. Yeah. Like if 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 you miss on a running back in the first round. That's why you don't draft a running back. We completely ignore the fact that 60% of NFL first-round picks are busts. Oh, the Chiefs, that's why you don't draft a, a running back in the first round with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Well, what if they would have taken Jonathan Taylor? Yeah. Would you be saying that? The way we talk about running backs is crazy. It's like it, they're, they're so undervalued that it's, that, that it's just like a huge opportunity. I'm all about it, man. Get in that market. Figure it out. There's a, there's just a, there's a double standard there that, that people have. Um, when when they're talking about running backs and it's it's and, silly and where they are in their careers and how they can bounce back, uh, et cetera. I mean, show referenced it, and I actually looked it up. Christian McCaffrey has missed more games than Saquon Barkley the last three years. 
I think they're okay with Christian McCaffrey. He went a two-year stretch where he, where he played in three games and seven games, and then he, he bounced back when he went to San Francisco. Like, you, you, there are outliers, but they're also – They're not that, getting that paid what they used to. And that too. Like, the, like yes, the league caught up. The league, the league caught up, and they are not paying running backs what they used to. That's smart business. But now, because of that, they're valued. Yeah. So don't so quit using these dated references of, hey, you can find guys late and then let someone else pay them. They're not getting paid the same. Mm-hmm. The price has dropped. A guy like Saquon Barkley is out there. The price is lower. The, the Colts decided to, to pay Jonathan Taylor three years, $41 million. The price has dropped. So you're, compar- you're comparing a past philosophy, which the right philosophy was developed, but because that philosophy was developed, now these guys are cheaper. It's not, it's not difficult. That's one, why they had that Zoom meeting. It's not difficult. One more thing. They're becoming available earlier in their career, too, because they've been devalued. And because they, 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 some, some tend to hit a wall, a lot of it hit a wall, uh, they actually become available at a cheaper rate earlier in their career. Like, that's why it's the smart money for me. Let's hear from D'Amico. Let's go live to the NFL Combine. We'll talk to uh, D'Amico Ryans next. All right, going to hear from D'Amico probably the next 15 minutes. I guess they got him coming up there at uh, 12.15. Free agency is upon us. Going to hear from the head coach. This time last year, the, the talk was what quarterback they going to take. They're going to take a quarterback. Should they take a quarterback? Has Davis Mills been a victim of a bad system? Should they run it back with Davis Mills? Oh, what should they do? <laughs> Two picks, three picks in the top 33. Then we had draft night, one of the most memorable draft nights that I can remember. But I will say, We've had now, I would say the previous two years, like let's just go back to the rebuild. Let's go to post-BOB. Mm-hmm. We've had drafts we've looked forward to. Sure. Like there was one year Even where they, a didn't third have round a, pick. they didn't have a first or second yeah. because the football idiot BOB did what he did. Yeah. And then the last two, you've had multiple firsts, and we've had excitement building up to the draft. Mm-hmm. Free agency, not really, because you weren't going to be you're, a prominent player. It was warm bodies. You didn't like the layout of your roster. Yeah. So free agency was just last year was a little bit of a better version Mm -hmm. because you were bringing in higher quality roster churning type of dudes. Yeah. But we haven't really had in a long time a situation where this period of the offseason is as exciting as it is to where there's disagreements. There's you can argue about about philosophy. You're pointing to players and you feel like you truly have a chance to get any of them and Mm -hmm. they want to be here. And maybe do they fit in? So this is, that's the exciting thing about this is I almost feel like the draft, not saying I'm not excited about it, but it's not, it's pivot. It could be pivotal, but it's not like the end all be all because of how everything's gone in the last year. Yeah, and 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 I remember how excited we were for Dalton Schultz, and that's that's not to downplay his significance. He's a really good player, but like we're out of even the Dalton Schultz business. I mean, they need to sign him. You know, speaking of which, because the tight end class is is kind of weak in the draft. But I'm saying you got bigger fish to fry now. You know, uh, he was a very good addition, uh, and it was something that this team had not ex- experienced before. But now you can go to the next level, and that's something that we're just not we're just not used to. And it's also opportunity because we're not used to having the opportunity to even go after them, whether it's money or or the quality of the team. And you can this year. That's what makes it exciting. Yeah, for me, it's almost like you know how there's there's some things where you can look ahead and you can also enjoy the moment. Mm-hmm. 
I, I'm looking at the draft, but I, I really do just want to see how free agency shapes up. I'm in the more next excited for you know that before I get in draft mode. I think I think I, I think it's going to be cool to watch that the Texans are are even in these discussions that they're even being considered by these big names because no one would give them the, the time of day otherwise. Uh, and now you can, and so that I'm I'm excited about it. Now that's not to say the draft is is not going to be immensely important. Maybe on the defensive side of the ball, uh, as, as we've talked about, whether whatever your preference is. But you talk about like having a. You also don't have three picks in the first thirty three, so you have to be able to pick your spots in the draft, and you actually have to get the position that need that you need the most in the draft after free agency. I don't know if they have to go need at this. Point. Maybe not. Like you were talking about need. the receiver position, I just want I just want impact. No, I don't think there's like any significant need that I point to and say you got to get. this Maybe done. fill a role is a better way to do it. Got to get this. Like done. get get another receiver. I hope you know, I hope we get to the point be. though where, um, we can start mentioning names mm-hmm. when it comes to the draft. You know, like that's that might be too much to ask, but I want to get to where like we, we're mentioning names, not positions. Yes. Yeah, they need a shutdown corner. They need a elite edge guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work that way. No, yeah, no, I know, no, it doesn't. And and right now, it could be. That's why it's it's important to hear what uh, D'Amico has to say here. I think you'll get a good feel for, uh, for for where they're prioritizing things. But uh, he's going to be asked about free agency too. Now he's going to be coy about that, but we'll see if we can you know get anything out of that. I too. think he's going to be pretty transparent about what they need to improve, though. Yes, I, I think D'Amico will go up there and say, "Hey, we got to be able to run the ball better. We got to be able to rush the passer better." Uh, I wonder what he thinks about the safety position. I do, too. I mean, you have Jimmy Ward and you have Jalen mm-hmm. Petrie. Mm-hmm. I saw the Texans tweeted out yesterday. They put a picture of Jalen Petrie at the Combine, and then they put a picture of him in his Texans uniform, and it said how it started and how it's going. Mm. I, I, didn't, I was, didn't really know what to make of that one. Yeah, how is it going <laughs> is the question. <laughs> There's something else, like, really confusing, and, and I don't know what to make of this. Do, do people just not know about Titus Howard? And that the Texans signed him or what? Because I've seen two mock drafts so from many. NFL.com, and they're so, all picking a tackle. So many. They're all saying that the Texans need a right tackle. Here's Chad Reuter. This mm-hmm. is the exact quote from Chad Reuter. And I don't expect you to know the Texans' offensive line. Titus Howard isn't like a big name or anything like that. But it says, quote, If George Fan is not re-signed, the Texans will need an athletic right tackle <laughs> to play that spot so quarterback C.J. Stroud can continue his progression. Uh, and then another one has him actually trading up for a tackle. Oh wow, yeah. So all these, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that maybe they just don't know about Titus Howard because I I doubt they're like saying, oh, they just paid Titus Howard. They got to figure it out. They're probably just looking at the depth chart of last year and saying, okay. George I mean, they're Fett's looking done. at the roster. They know. I he's mean, getting, he can pay big money. Yes, they should know. They know he's getting paid. I've seen it like from the very start of all these mock drafts. I've seen tackle all over the place, and I'm like, I wish. Like seriously, if you could erase that, I would be all about if 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 Titus Howard's contract did not exist, would there be anybody, anyone, anywhere saying that they should draft anything but a tackle? No, I don't think so. None. Yeah, I don't know what's 100%. going on. Hundred percent. We'd all be we'd all be in agreement. Even me and Seth, they got to draft a tackle. Like it would be total or agreement. sign a tackle. I think draft, but you think yeah. it's possible they do draft a tackle? No, I mean, they surprise us. Not, not in the first round. Not in the first round. But that's, I mean, that's an indictment on your situation if you do that. Yeah, no, no question. But I mean, the it also is an indictment of Titus Howard and what people believe in him. 
I, I think they just don't know. Yeah, we do. And I just said, and I think you agreed. If his contract didn't exist, we would be in agreement, draft a tackle. 100%. I don't think anyone would, would want anything but a tackle. What is the what, – what, let's, let's go to the needs, though, like uh, on top of impact. And I brought this up earlier. Why is there like a belief that the Texans need defense more than offense? And I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that they don't need to improve on defense, but that Baltimore game, they, they scored three points on offense. They, they had a punt return touchdown, and Nico Collins was banged up, and Tank Dell was out. Tank Dell, Tank Dell, one season in, he's missed eight games. Mm-hmm. Nico Collins has missed thirteen games the last three seasons. That's that's eight. That that's five more than Saquon Barkley has. Mister injury prone that I keep hearing, the injury prone guy. I'm not even counting the Jets game where Nico left after you know one of the first four plays of the game or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Their run, their rushing offense was the second worst of all postseason teams. Yeah, only Tampa Bay, who was the worst in the league, had a worse rushing offense than the Texans. So why in the hell do we think that they need defense so much more than offense? Like, don't don't you think just because I think you have the pieces to where if you if you give them even more, this could be an elite offense where maybe the defense doesn't have to be as good, because we we. We've got to believe that yeah. Nico Collins and Tank Dell aren't just going to be out there all the time. If you go just what they need, I just wrote down in order their positions of need. Now, I'm I'm assuming they're going to fill some of these via, via free agency. But what do they need, Landry? For me, to, stop me when you disagree. Number one is wide receiver. Number two is running back. Number three is tight end. Number four is linebacker. And you can switch running back and wide receiver. Yeah. I get that. So let's say wide receiver, running back, those are your top two needs. Yes. I think tight end is three. Here's my other thing. You don't get to the defense till the fourth important thing. Here's my other thing. If you're looking at the seasons that these guys had last year, Landry Locker, mm-hmm. John Lopez, Figgy Figgy, we'll hear from D'Amico Ryan's about seven minutes. But if you're looking at Nico Collins – and Tank Dell. Those are two guys that we feel really good about on offense. We feel great about CJ, and CJ's the straw that stirs the drink. Mm-hmm. But it, it, do you think that Nico Collins, like with the season that he had, isn't this? I, I don't. I don't want. I don't want to put like a cap on him. But I, I, I feel like there's a there's a decent chance that we look back, whether it's because there's more around him or whatever, and we say, "Man, that 2023 season was." One of one of Nico Collins' career years, mm-hmm. he played his ass off, mm-hmm. or at least it's similar to that, right? Like, do you see like some massive step where Nico Collins is all of a sudden producing at a top five level? That just doesn't seem realistic to me. Yeah, Does it well, you? how many players have? Yeah, you I, know, after three years. Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I like Nico Collins. I put him in like the T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk category, which is great. I'm not, I'm not knocking that. Yeah, Tank Dell, love Tank Dell, but he missed eight games. We don't know what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. I think C.J. Stroud, I think this is just the start. I think C.J. Stroud is going to be elite, but we have that. But I'm just, I'm just focusing on the receivers. Yeah. On the defensive side of the ball, I think Will Anderson's going to be way better. Yeah. Like borderline, like elite. Christian Harris. I think Christian Harris is mm-hmm. going to get better, and I think Derek Stingley is going to be a CB1. Yeah. So, though, so that, those guys are getting better mm-hmm. on defense. You got to improve your offense, man. Yeah. 
That's got to be that's got to be the strength of your squad. You do and need D'Amico a can coach it up. You do need a tackle, defensive yeah. tackle. You do need an edge. Yes, but in terms of like holding down the levels on the defense, you got some players that are going to do that for sure. Yeah, Landry Larker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig with you. Let's hear from D'Amico Ryan's. We're going live to Indianapolis next. All right, let's hear from D'Amico Ryan's uh, in a sec. We're going to go live to the combine uh, as soon as. Uh, He's good to go. They're, they're usually pretty tight about this. We'll hear mm-hmm. from D'Amico uh, what the Texans need, what they're going to do, all that type of stuff here on In the Loop Sports Radio 610, the head coach of the Texans. Really the uh, much more intense, I would say, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, more intense and a, um, more of a shot caller, too. So uh, what he carries, it's it's a team effort with Nick Casario, and I think uh, D'Amico has a big voice. All right, we're good. Here is uh, D'Amico Ryan's here on In the Loop Sports Radio 610. Hey, back again. <laughs> yeah, with CJ, the, uh, the things that stood out from the skill standpoint is, as we all saw him, right, he can – Put the ball anywhere he needs to uh, in a very accurate manner. Uh, he did a very good job of just his demeanor. I think at that quarterback position, when you have a very calm demeanor and your teammates see that, right, it, it's a confidence, right? It's a calm confidence that kind of exudes throughout the entire locker room. And that's what CJ has. And I think those are the skills that allowed him right, to be very successful as a rookie and have one of the best uh rookie seasons for a quarterback in our league's history so very excited about what tj did this year but i'm also even more excited about the things that he can improve on and where he can get better continuing to lead our team this next year definitely looking for a huge jump in his growth from year one to year two Well, for me, every season you start over, right? Last year was last year. Uh, it was a good run for us. Not didn't end the way we wanted it to end, but it was a good run for the 2023 Texans. Now, for me, it's a clean slate. We start over 2024. Now, who are we going to be, right? And you know, we have a lot of great matchups versus a lot of uh, great teams this year. And I'm excited to first off build our team again the proper way of guys who are just looking to compete, guys who have that relentless mindset, guys who want to go out, play for each other, guys who want to hunt, guys who want to play with relentless effort and finish. Like, that's what I'm looking to build as we start this offseason. Yeah, our division is, is definitely really good. You think about the young quarterbacks in our division. Uh with the Colts, the Jags, right, the Titans, and us, we all have really young quarterbacks who all have bright futures. And so really, four really good teams in our division is going to be a battle each and every week that we play each other. But I'm excited about it, right? You want to play against really the top, top, top competition to see where you stack up, right? And I'm excited to see our team, right, develop and grow throughout the year and see where we end up. Yeah, very pleased with Devin. I remember sitting in a free agent visit with Devin and just, man, his personality, his demeanor, it was a guy I knew I wanted to work with right away. Right, Devin is made of the right stuff. 
He's a hard worker. He's a leader. He shows up every day in practice with a great attitude, and the guys around him feed off of that. Right, so Devin was a great guy. We'll see what happens in free agency, but we'd, we'd love to have Devin back just because of what he brought to our team. He was uh, he was definitely a bright spot for us in the running back room. It, it, uh, when we talk about his growth, I think it starts with the coaches that you surround him with. So we surrounded him with some young coaches, young, talented coaches, and uh, Bobby Sloyd, Gerard Johnson, also veteran coaches, and Bill Lazor and Shane Day, uh, who's no longer with us. But we just surrounded him with the right guys in the coaching position, but also in his room, right, having Case Keenum there, a veteran quarterback who's done it at a high level for a long time. So making sure that we have that balance around CJ. So if there's any questions, any things that he may ask or things that he can lean on guys who've been there, done that, seen that before, right? There was not a guy around him that he couldn't ask, he couldn't rely on, who can give him the answers and can share with them his their experiences of how they've seen other quarterbacks right succeed in this league. I thought Bobby did a really great job being a first-year coordinator. Everybody is kind of hesitant when you have a first-year coordinator, and nobody knows truly what to expect. But uh, for me, knowing Bobby and knowing how detailed he is in his preparation, right, how prepared he is, how he gets his coaches prepared, the way he teaches, like it, it showed up on the film. And I'm, I'm happy for Bobby that he was able to garner the success that he truly deserves. Right, And Bobby's success doesn't happen without the players. So I never lose sight of this game is about the players, and it will always be about the players. As coaches, we're just here to assist the players, right, and support them in any way we can. But uh, Bobby doesn't have that success without getting the right players, and the players performing at a high level. Well, it started right here at the combine, right, when you were evaluating young players. You see CJ come into our room in the formal interviews and just see, you know, he had that calmness about him, right, in the room. And you can tell, for me, I can tell instantly, like, if a guy, you know, has what it takes. And I, I saw that in CJ when he first sat down and he began to speak to us about his background, right, and his college experience. And then you see, right, his teammates and how they spoke about CJ. I remember being here last year and every Ohio State a teammate that sat in our room, they spoke highly of CJ and the type of leader he was and what he meant to them and the things that he did to those guys to help them. So it's uh, you can't hide, right? Your true character always will will show, and it showed that CJ was a, a really great guy, raised the right way, and he was the same guy throughout the entire year. He didn't change, right? And that's uh, true testament to his upbringing, his family, his parents, and the way they raised him. Yeah, with the receiver position, we're looking for guys who are separators, right? Who can separate, who can find a way to get open, right? And if you have that 
one redeeming quality that you can separate, right, that's what we're looking for, especially that shows up on third down, right? How do you win third down? How do you stay on the field as an offense, right, and continue to produce uh, and move the ball down the field? It's about third down, right, and being able to convert. And the way you convert is guys who are savvy enough to find a way to always get open. Yeah, Shane did a really nice job. Uh, I remember going against him our second game. He did a really nice job. Even you, know, you see a coach who's able to adapt, even though he lost his starting quarterback and Anthony Richardson. Right? I mean, backup comes in and Minshew does a really great job, and he was able to sustain that throughout the entire year. So I really, I think that speaks highly to the coaching and the coaching staff and the guys you have around him. So, I mean, credit to Shane, did a really good job without having his uh, starting quarterback. And we were able to, you know, come here in Indy and have a, you know, a, a matchup there to make the playoffs. So it's a uh, really credit to him. I think always thought highly of Shane's back in, uh, back in, uh, in Philly, right? Going against him as a play caller. He's always done a really great job of, of keeping you off balance, right? And really, attacking like what you give him he tries to take advantage of what you give him and not always going for the big play but he's very smart in how he approaches the game planning well bringing back bobby and, and gerard i think it helps with the continuity of our offense, right? With a young quarterback, young players around them, you want to continue to build on what those guys did this year. So I'm, I'm happy to not go into a new season here and we have to worry about, right, installing that new offense, right? Or learning, learning new terminology. So now we can hit the ground running. We can really build off of what we did, look at through our self-scout, the things that we did well, things that CJ did well, and how can we continue to put him in those positions to succeed? Coach, on last, coach, on last year you and, uh, on last year you and Nick really you know, hit the lottery when it came to drafting CJ and Will. How do you all follow that up this year? <laughs> wow. That was, uh, that was an exciting draft last year to be able to get right, two of the top players in, this, in the draft class last year to get CJ and Will and two anchors. Uh, for our team, for our locker room, that was that was very important for us to get both guys. How do we follow that up this year? We continue to add guys who fit the Texans' culture, and that's guys who are made of the right mindset, guys who have that relentless mindset, guys who are true competitors, guys who love football, guys who who love pushing their teammates to be their best, guys who want to be the best at what they do. Right? We add those type of players to our locker room. That's how we follow up a uh, great draft last year. Right. When you talk about free agents, when you have that firsthand look of the guys who you've spent day after day with you know them you know their strengths you know their weaknesses right you know everything about the player you know how they are when things get hot and heavy like how do they handle it so i think there is an advantage to man i know exactly who this guy is i know exactly how he will respond as opposed to reaching for someone you may on another team that you may not have much info about uh so it, it, there's a lot that goes into it. it's like while we're here at the combine we're trying to 
gather as much information on these players and their backgrounds as much as we can to identify who they are as a person, right? And in the free agency process, it kind of gets sped up, and sometimes you miss out on truly figuring out, man, who is this person that we're bringing into our building? So for me, it's always person over player, right? And bringing the right person in is uh, is of high importance to me. Right. Yeah, Dalton did a really nice job for us in the passing game. Uh, when those two-minute drives where we were able to win a few games, Dalton really showed up in a situational football third down. He showed up making big catches for us. So uh, we'll see what happens with Dalton in free agency, but I'm very, very proud of what he did for us last year. No, sky's the limit for Christian. Christian is one of the, the fastest linebackers that I've had a chance to work with. Very explosive, instinctive player. So I'm excited. I see last year as Christian's rookie year. That was his first year, and I'm excited to see him build off of what he did last year. Yeah, it is. It's, it's challenging to keep up with the coaches, but I think with me and how do you evaluate those coaches, you really rely on is you rely on those people that they've been with, right? Coaches that they've been around and guys they have experience with, and you just want to learn how they are as workers, like right? how dedicated are those guys to perfecting their craft, right? Are they guys who have no ego? And they're willing to do whatever it takes to just help the team. And I think that's how you truly define, right, good young assistant coaches. Are they, I tell coaches all the time, are you the best at what you do? Or are you looking to pursue something else, right, inside of doing the best job that you have, right? Whether you're, if you're coaching the tight ends, are you the best tight end coach? Are you a QC? Are you the best at breaking down information or getting the information to the coaches just be faithful over a few things, and you'll get blessed with more. I think it comes a lot. Uh, also, with coaching, it comes to right, with our our scouting department, who's on the road, they go to colleges and they see coaches, they're at practices, so they see these coaches actually in action working with the young players, and that's where I gain a lot of insight from our scouts, our college scouts who are on the road to see, man, how was this guy in his drills, right? And that's, that speaks highly to me, and I gain a lot of information from our college scouts. Hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah, for for me with the with the success we've had, and I'm you know I'm excited to see more former players step into coaching right, and become head coaches because uh, there are a lot of talented players, former players who've done it at a high level, guys who understand the game, guys who can connect and relate with players, and guys who can lead. 
So I would, I would love to see even more former players step up and become head coaches. And I think you saw that, you know, in this hiring cycle uh, with Antonio Pierce, with Jerry Mayo, like most guys are getting those opportunities, right? And I'm excited to see those guys be successful as well. Thank you guys. All right. Thank you guys. All right. All right. There you go. It's D'Amico Ryan's uh, live at the podium. So we got, we got a little bit there. Um, thing that sticks out the most for me and I think this makes sense, is he was asked about two guys that I think the Texans would probably like to keep, uh, Dalton Schultz and Devin Singletary. With Singletary, he said, we'll see what happens in free agency, but we would like to have Devin back. He said that. With with Dalton, it was, um, I was proud of what Dalton did as a player, and we'll see what happens. But he didn't say he wanted to have him back. I, I, I think that there there could be a couple of ways that one could read into this. I know, I know Ryan Crossingham um, on Twitter said, you know, it was much different. I think the market is going to speak to Singletary and he's going to discover that coming back, even if it's a mm-hmm. RB two or a RB one B, um, this is going to be the best opportunity for him. He is I not, th- I agree. he is not going to have a starting opportunity elsewhere. He knows this system, all that. And that was the original role he was brought in to play. And I think he'd be hell. His role he's comfortable. I with. think he'd be amazing at it. Yeah. He's comfortable with it. Amazing at it. Um, as far as Dalton Schultz, I could see with the way this tight end market is set up, there's going to be some competition for Dalton. Schultz. I think it got, it's going to be really, really hard. There's going to be unless a, they want to tag him. There's going to be a bigger bonus talking about. They could tag him. Uh, you know, other teams are going to be talking about bigger bonuses, uh, longer term of the contract. Uh, tell me if you picked up on the same thing that I did, though. You said that was one of your takeaways. One of my takeaways, the old uh, eyebrow razor. You know, you kind of like, oh, okay. He talked very specifically about finding a wide receiver and looking for separate that a guy can that separate can, yeah. and looking for a guy that can separate. Yeah, I think that's just a general <sighs> mind. We're gonna hear it again. I I I just got the, like. Are you gonna try to make this a Mike Evans? Thing? No, no, no. Because it could no. My point is this: it could be draft. Yeah, it could be free agency. I thought it was just a trait that he wants from wide receivers. But it, he, said, he said looking for a wide receiver. We'll yeah. hear it again. He's talking about third down, separation, all yeah. that. He said well, They need wide receivers. No, I know. I, but, but, like, this is the first time he's, like, because he's talking about defensive tackle, uh, other things. He You know, he, he mentions other things. I, I could be, like, totally off. But let's hear that again at some point because he was talking as if, yeah, wide receiver. So th- which, is, which, which, by the way, sorry, but no, it, no. it speaks to the whole – we're set with Nico. We're set with Tank. The head yeah. coach is talking about finding a receiver to find yeah, he's ta- he's separation on need. third down. Yeah. The the thing about the wide receiver thing, I I, I want to I kind of want to get into this, and and I just want to cuss and discuss this, and I want the people too as well on Twitch and on YouTube, uh, and on the text line seven one three five seven two four six ten. Just heard from D'Amico Ryan's live at the combine. We'll hear from Nick Casario tomorrow. Where is wide receiver when it comes to positions that you feel best about with this ball club? Because it might be a little higher up for some than it is for this show. Let's discuss that coming up next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. All right, so the wide receiver position, you heard D'Amico Ryan say, quote, we want separators. We want separators. And there was a lot of good stuff to feel good about last year when it came to 
Tank Dell and Nico Collins. I think they surpassed our expectations. I, I think we forecasted, if we were thinking ahead, we forecasted that the Texans would be in desperate need of a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Nico Collins at least generated the discussion, can this guy be your best wide receiver? Can he be the best wide receiver on a good team? And Tank Dell, who you got in the third round, he was playing so well that it was a discussion about who was the better receiver between him and Nico Collins. So you feel you you feel better about the wide receivers than you do right now compared to how you how you thought you would and and, and I think to how even to a certain point that you could have realistically thought. But but my my thing is this and and this is my question. How good do you really feel about the wide receivers? Because you've there's got to be like some sort of, for me, at least like balance. I, I, I want to be proactive when it comes to the evaluation of the wide receiver position. I, I don't want to assume that the best is yet to come. I don't want to assume that Nico Collins, like last year, is just the start of something. I mean, you see guys all the time have career years. Could that be the career year for Nico Collins? Can he stay on the damn field? He's missed thirteen. He's missed thirteen games in the last three years. That's that's five more than Saquon Barkley. I'm hearing all this talk about Saquon Barkley. Man, he's he's injury prone. He had the season-ending injury in 2000, and he's missed five fewer games yeah. in the last three years than Nico Collins. He's missed as many games as Tank Dell has in one year. Mm-hmm. So. With that, and you look at where the Texans are from three down at wide receiver, and, and you also take into account that most likely in most football games, you're probably going to need more than two wide receivers to make plays. Like, How good do you really feel about the wide receiver position when it comes to the Texans? Let me ask you this. It's one thing for you and me and Figgy to talk about how we feel about the wide receivers and injuries this and production that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Listen to this and, and, and answer this question after you, you hear D'Amico talking about the receiver position. Uh, how does he feel about it? Yeah, with the receiver position, we're looking for guys who are separators, right? Who can separate, who can find a way to get open, right? And if you have that one redeeming quality that you can separate, right, that's what we're looking for, especially that shows up on third down, right? How do you win third down? How do you stay on the field as an offense, right, and continue to produce uh, – and move the ball down the field, it's about third down, right, and being able to convert. And the way you convert is guys who are savvy enough to find a way to always get open. Literally said, we are looking for guys who are separators. Yeah. So? So how does he feel about the receiver room? Well, I mean, that can be just as much of an indictment, though, on three down. Like, like because the Jets game comes to mind where Tank was out, Nico got hurt, and – those guys could not separate for anything. Nobody I, was look, open. I fully admit. Maybe I'm reading. It could a lot. be three down. Maybe I'm reading something into this. I don't think I'm reading a lot into this. I think. It, and you said it. What was the problem uh, in the playoff game? Zero points. You know, outside of the kickoff. D'Amico was on the sideline, man. He's like, "What do we need?" Like, yes, Tank was injured, et cetera. But uh, what do we need to take another step and bolster this offense? Literally said, we're looking for guys who are separators. I found that interesting. I mean, I don't think I'm on an island here. If you if you if you heard what he was talking about there, uh, that 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 uh, the, the receiver position, and and I'm not. This is not a Mike Evans thing or a Gabe Davis. It's a position thing. It's kind of it actually bolsters your point of Are we sure? You know that these guys yeah. are the guys. And and I don't know. Like 
regardless of how you feel, and, and I'm not dismissing, like I'm not pounding the table saying there's no chance in hell with Nico Collins. Yeah, but are you sure? Is he sure? Yeah, I, I, I just think there's reason for skepticism. And, and as far as the receiver room as a whole, it's it's not good. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how else to say it. It stinks. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, that's, I mean, I'm sorry. When you have John Mechie, you have Xavier Hutchinson, Noah Brown's gone, like, if if we are functioning under the belief that you need you know four receivers to contribute in some way shape or form, the the wide receiver room right now stinks. Mm-hmm. It's got to get better. It's not like unless you think that John Mechie is going to have a breakout year. I like Xavier Hutchinson. I could see Xavier Hutchinson playing his way into being, you know, in the short term, like sure. your, your four or five guy or something like that that contributes on special teams as well. But. Let's let's not sit here and, and and act like this is a good wide receiver room because they got two guys who can't stay healthy, who that they performed at about as high of a level as you possibly could. And mm-hmm. I and I go back to last year, the the Damian Pierce performance where it was like, well, you know, like what should the if let's say the Texans keep the number twelve overall pick, should mm-hmm. they consider Jameer Gibbs or uh, Bijan Robinson? And, and there were people saying, no, you got Damian Pierce. How the hell does that look right now? <laughs> yeah. How the hell does that look right now? Mm-hmm. For real. Like that now running back is a situation. So this is where this is where I think when every time the draft comes around, I know you and Figgy are gonna roll your eyes and yeah, y'all hear this all the time. Y'all been working for me for damn near seven, eight years, and, and I say this all the time when it comes to the draft. Hold on. Che- checkers and chess. Hold on. Checkers and chess. Full stop. What? Say that again. Checkers and chess. We've been what? Did you hear it, Figgy? Nah, I missed working say? with. We can go go back to the tape. I said we've been working with you for seven. You eight said years. you've been working for me. What? For me or with me? We'll listen. We'll go to the tape. I will fully admit uh, that I was wrong. Working. You said for y'all me? have been working for me. Okay, check that. But but y'all <laughs> definitely haven't been working for me. I don't even know. Like that could be a misspeak, which could happen. <laughs> but go ahead. But my point is that like a lot of times you got to use you got yes. you got to play chess when you're drafting. Absolutely. You don't just look at needs and say we need this 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 because that a lot of times the opportunity isn't there. So the opportunity right now is to where you can add the the wide receiver uh, situation. No, I I've never been, and, and again, this is oftentimes you're you're cheering for yourself here. You know? I got to hear this. Uh, yeah. We'll get to it in a second, but I've never been more uh, excited to hear D'Amico Ryan's talk about a position of need than what he did because it bolsters your point and it backs up my point of of where the priority really should be. And and then he segued into, or maybe it was before. Um, the free agents, the free agency thing, he said, "Who is the person? Is it matters to him most in free agency?" Yeah, he said he's more person than player. Yes, that was the quote. Mike Evans is a pretty good guy. He's a pretty good dude. That is true. <laughs> pretty good dude. Yeah, that is true. So is Saquon. So is Saquon. I think we have the audio. Did I say working for? I didn't hear. It. I'm gonna hear it in real time. All right, yeah. let's go hit it. That now running back is a situation. So this is where this is where I think. When every time the draft comes around, I know you and Figgy are going to roll your eyes, and yeah, y'all hear this all the time. Y'all been working for me for damn near oh, seven, eight yeah, years, I and, and I say this all. Damn, I did say it. What the hell is going on, Figgy? <laughs> it's Landry Locker and the Pips. I meant with me. I meant Landry with Locker me. and Company. Yeah, I meant with me. <laughs> the Landry Locker Show, but with Figgy Fig and some <laughs> other Mexican dude. Locker and Company. 
here on in the loop. No, I didn't. I didn't mean it like that. Though. I, pro- I promise, I didn't mean it. Like hit that. it, Figgy. Yeah, hit. The you gotta off. hit it. Yeah, I, I did not mean that. Oh no! This sounds like a slime ball nomination. <laughs> slime me. Yeah, I did. I did not mean that. Whatever, I don't know. whatever you say, Landry. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah let me. Let me let, if, I, if you need time off, just go can, go through with can me. Can I can I send my expense report from Las Vegas to you? Yeah, you can. <laughs> hey, you got to be you got to be sure not to. Uh, you got to be careful with those Ubers. <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll we'll do a little lunchtime confessions uh, in the one o'clock hour. But yeah, but seriously though, they, they do need to be proactive when it comes to. I, I'm like like this made me happy. It was by and large it was a kind of meh press conference and it wasn't D'Amico's fault it was the people asking the questions they, they what was this like you know the Tuesday after the last game of the season what'd you think of CJ Stroud that's neither here nor there but I was encouraged with that they are I've never been more convinced they are prioritizing wide receiver could be wrong they should I, I don't know if they, they are I, there's I'm a convinced difference between they what are. they will do I, I think they should yeah you need to I think he kind of gave us a little bit of a hint there. Even if even if they signed someone and then drafted someone, I, I would be I just just stack the wide receiver room mm-hmm. as much as you can. Yes. yes. What's the worst that can happen? And yes, that's. I I just don't I don't feel as good about this wide receiver room. And the other thing that that is interesting is, and I don't mean to keep bringing it back to mm-hmm. the philosophical battle or anything like that, but. I hear on one hand about smart money. <laughs> yeah. And then I hear, well, you need to pay Nico Collins. And then I hear you don't want to pay Saquon because he's injury prone. What is Nico Collins? Mm-hmm. Last year was his most healthy year. He missed a few pretty key games. Yeah. And left one. So, what is... Where's the concern level there? Huge. Uh, and I, th- I think it speaks to, like, we can say their names. <laughs> like Seth said, you know, I want to prioritize where they actually need people. Well, the head coach of, of the Houston Texans kind of gave you a little hint there that he thinks they might need a wide receiver. Like, more than a little hint. A big hint. We are looking for receivers. His words. We are looking for guys who can separate. They need it. That's a priority, but man. But they need it. It should be. Yes. I mean, you saw that Jets game? Yes. It was awful. Mm-hmm. It was bad. The wide receiver room, like, I, I feel better about the O-line right now just because you're stuck with it. I know that's a hell of an endorsement, but you're stuck with it. You've already invested. Yeah. So I feel better about that. I feel better about the quarterback. Uh, the running back situation, I think it's an easy fix. Like, I, I think it's it's blatantly obvious. You top of the free agent market and per, perhaps – even Devin Singletary, so I'm going to feel better about that. Like yeah. as far as the realistic fix, the and then and then you look at D line, linebacker, all that. Like we, you can you can have the discussion, but you need more than two wide receivers, and even your top two wide receivers, they couldn't stay on the field together. Yes, and and, and so it's not a matter of you know minimizing the importance of getting defensive players. Uh, it, it's the importance of prioritizing. The position, the, the the positions that you absolutely need to bolster the offense that let you down in the postseason, and and bolster the offense that's going to help the one guy that's going to get you as far as you go. That that's the priority, and I think he's noticing that. Got to do it. 
Got to do it. Wide receiver, you've got to add some depth. Does that mean Mike Evans? I don't know. What's the price going to be? You brought up that he's a pretty good person. I would say so. Haven't heard anything bad about him. No. Um, Does that mean the draft? Does it mean both? Could. But if the Texans, let me put it, if the Texans are going to run it back with the wide receivers they have right now and there's not going to be any impact guy, whether it's a free agent falling in your lap, whether it's Mike Evans, whether it's a draft pick, you're not going to win too many games next year. I'm sorry. Like if, right. if, 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 if the wide receiver room is going to look like it does right now with what's behind Tank Dell and Nico Collins, I like those guys. But if, but if you're just expecting those guys, if you're expecting to look at those guys like the Bengals are looking at Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and you're just saying, you know, let's, let's just fill in the holes, you're in trouble. You've got to, you've got to invest something at the, in that position. It's it's rough. Well, look at those. There's question at, marks. Look at that team in particular. They're running him back with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, proven uh, effective for more than one year. You're running it back if you do that with uh, Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Love them, big time players, maybe stars in the making, but they don't have the track record, and that's why I think D'Amico is is recognizing that. Andrew Locker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig, Locker and friends here on In the Loop on <laughs> <laughs> Sports Radio. You need some coffee. 16. Yeah, can I get some little cream though, man? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. shaken, not stirred. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I might spit in it. <laughs> Coming up next, let's go around the NFL. Let's take a look at everything going on. There's a lot of business picking up, a lot of things being said at the Combine. Uh, confession's going to be pushed back to 120 uh, along with the internet going nuts, so don't go anywhere. In the loop is stacked. Final hour uh, as the Combine has Begun. Let's go around the NFL to keep you in the loop. This is Houston's Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. Locking company here on Sports Radio 610, the running back markets. <laughs> yeah, we can go ahead and stop that anytime you want. <laughs> Come on, we work tongue. for him, man. Yeah, we can't a, say that to him. It was him. a yeah. slip of the tongue. Yeah, sure it was. It was a I sl- wonder what Sigmund You Freud, got his coffee? I wonder what Sigmund Freud would say about it. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Sigmund Freud. Who's that? One of the great uh, uh, minds uh, in, in history. What did he do? Uh, well, philosophy and uh, psychology. Uh, he's the one that said you secretly love your mother and want to kill your father, all that. I think it was Freud. Freudian. You ever heard the term Freudian slip? I have. Yeah. I have. I've lived it many yeah. times. Yeah, uh, I, think, so I think that was a Freudian slip. No uh no running backs are going to be tagged, uh, which means Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, Saquon Barkley, uh, Josh Jacobs, they will all be on the market. Uh, so the Texans will have an opportunity to add a running back. D'Amico Ryans, though, he seems pretty open to Devin Singletary. Uh, you heard what he said about Devin Singletary, that mm-hmm. you know he wants to see what happens in free agency but would love to have Singletary back. I think it... It's both. I don't think you're choosing one of these running backs in Devin Singletary. I don't see any starting opportunity for Devin Singletary in the league. Right. You bring him back. If you're paying a lot at the running back position, um, it doesn't matter, especially when you have C.J. Stroud uh, at quarterback. So if you're paying Devin Singletary $4 million or whatever to be your backup and you're bringing in Saquon or Jacobs or whoever, that really that really I don't think is a big deal. It won't stop you from uh, – Having a punter or kicker or something like that. It sounds uh, harsh, but uh, yeah, punter or kicker. 
Um, or Dieter, I, you know, Dieter. Oh, yeah, Iceland? <laughs> Come on now. That's a $10,000 bonus you're on the hook for. <laughs> um, I'll put it this way. It sounds harsh. Devin Singletary, Singletary is not a deal breaker in any way, in any form, in any shape. In, in, in any way, is he a deal breaker? From the player's perspective that you might be recruiting as a free agent, from to the Texans' perspective. Like, he's going to be an asset, but he actually fits into that list of players that Seth was talking about. Well, you still got to pay Devin Singletary. Yeah, or someone like Devil's um, you Would you like a kicker? <laughs> or or someone like Devin Singletary in that price range. He's not He's not Wait, a, what's that? He's not a factor. Um, do you, would you like a kicker? Wait, would you it, like a yeah, punter? Yeah, no, we need, I don't want Dario Gumbawale to kick. Are up. they going to have to go for two every time if they do this? Like, if, if, if they sign Devin Singletary and... God forbid, Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to have to go for two? Are they going to have to go without a kicker? No, they that's have to the onside point. kick every time. No, that's the point. Like when you mention those guys, I, I think Devin Singletary is the perfect example. Well, you got to pay Devin Singletary X amount, okay? And if you don't get Devin Singletary for X amount, you'll get a running back like Devin Singletary for X amount. Not going to be a factor, and that's how you fill out the roster. You're listening to LAP here on Sports Radio 610, <laughs> Landry and Pals. Uh, what is the deal with all these mock drafts? I got you LAP right here. <laughs> what is the deal with all these uh, mock drafts, uh, having the Texans draft a tackle? Uh, Chad Reuter uh, talked about the Texans drafting a tackle on his NFL.com mock draft. There's another NFL.com mock draft that has him trading up to get mm-hmm. a tackle is it just a it's just a matter of they they don't really they don't even factor in Titus Howard like what's going on here these NFL draft experts they're not that naive they're not dumb they 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 study now they don't they're not around the team as much as we are or study the team as much as we do but they're not ignorant i mean are they on to something here I don't think so. I, I think it's just a matter of they don't know. I just think Titus Howard was That's hurt, big, so they don't, don't even look know. at it. That's yeah, a I just big think they blind look at the spot. Depth chart. That's a big blind spot. Well, I mean, you—it's a top five highest paid right tackle yeah, in the league. Yeah, that's my point. How do you miss that? Because it's not—he's not a top five right or tackle in the league. Or did they not miss it and say it doesn't matter? They still need a tackle. You know? Yeah, I Mr. know. Mr. Locker. Biggie's telling me to uh, go to the phone lines. You're listening to Hal here on Sports Radio 610. Hacks and lock. Uh, let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to uh, Andy. Andy, what's up? Hey, guys. Look, I, I, I hear a lot of talk about free agents and everything. I, have, you, have you sat down and put pen to paper and actually – because you've got, you got eight starters that are free agents, and, you, and, you're, and your nickels are free agents, and your two kickers. So, actually, you've got – Ten starters and uh, and your nickel are all free agents. Okay. If you if, if I would love for you guys just to pick who you want to resign and, and and throw a number out what you think they're gonna it's gonna cost you, and then add ten to what I think it's ten to thirteen million is is usually for a uh, draft. Put that on top of it, and then and then see how much you have left. Do you think You're it's a, do you think it's a hard number, Andy, or do you think you can kind of uh, manipulate it to where you know you front it? Well, yeah, you can manipulate it. Yeah, yeah. I w- I would say start at eighty million because I think they're going to redo Mason. I think they're going to redo Howard. And I think why would they redo, redo Mason? He just got a new deal last year. Yeah, you're you saying like restructure. 
Yeah, restructure all three of them. Okay. Yeah. You can all, you, they, that's what they do. They restructure all the big deals on teams. That's how they get away with it. That's how the Saints get away with it every year. Hell, they're, they're $40 million under the cap. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah if, you put, if you guys put pen to paper and, look, they just started signing some guys here last week or something, and even these guys that barely see the field are making a million, million and a half a year. Let me tell you I something. Mean, Let me tell you something real appreciate quick. You, appreciate that, you, that's Andy. that's nothing. Like it's it's. I don't it, think it's like a unique situation. It, 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 look at the Chiefs. Look at the Niners. Look at teams that uh, that are much better than the Texans. But he kind of made your point, saying you can restructure. Yeah. You can do stuff. You can. I I you just know, think, fix no, it but I, I think where he was headed with it is like. Y'all are dumb. Playing Madden. Y'all are playing Madden. Y'all are no, dumb I get it. I get because it. you still got to pay all these guys, and you got to get you know you have to get all this money in in the draft. And I'm telling you, yeah, I will put pen to paper. I'll, I'll give myself a homework assignment. But Don't I, do I, it. I no, I'm just saying I can eyeball it in ten <laughs> minutes, even just without eyeballing it. I yeah. can tell you, like the highest market value of any of the Texans is probably what can be Sheldon Rankins and Dalton Schultz. Like of the guys they yeah. keep, yeah, yeah, and I, you don't even know if they're going to. And keep that's those like guys. nine million bucks. Yeah, like that's nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. I mean, it's there's there's definitely some gymnastics. Yeah. You get to a point where I mean, once C.J. Stroud is off this rookie deal, like all bets are off. That's where you find yourself like. Then in, it's something. That's where it's kind of credit cardish. But yeah. with, with the three year gap and the cap jumping up and all that, like it's, I mean, they're going to fill a roster. I'm going to show you they're going to fill a roster. And well, my bigger point for him is if you're worried that we're spending, you know, willy nilly is the use term I've been using a lot. They are so they're in such a good place when it comes to having the money to spend on big time free agents. Like they're the envy of the majority of the league. Yeah, because they're the envy. The other thing is the most expensive places they're yeah they're kind of set at right. Like it's. Yeah, yeah. The pen to paper. No. I don't. I don't know. I'll where tell you this... what. Like an eye-opening thing to me was the other day. It looked like a total non-story, and ultimately, it probably is as far as the season goes. He's a pain and pain but they yes, re-signed yeah, a couple he? of their restricted free agents. The Texans did D'Angelo Ross for about a million, and this Dieter Iceland guy for a couple million bucks. Yeah, and, and and let me give you another one of their their high-ticket items. Air quotes. If they re-sign Stephen Nelson, okay. But the but the other thing about this is like <laughs> this. This notion is not unique. Like it's not. But that's that, kind of where I'm where, going with that's this. Where yeah. Like I'm, I'm looking like Indianapolis, Grover Stewart, Kenny Moore, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Like there's there's a list of free agents. Like I don't I don't think the Texans have like more free agents than than a lot of squads. I don't I don't know that this is not the norm. Right, and that's where I was going with it. Like Stephen Nelson, big time player for the Texans, all things considered, last year. You know, really good season. He's his, he's commanding about ten million dollars a year. Do you know how many cornerbacks make more than ten here's, million dollars a year? Here's the thing: like the text, Let me just say this again. They're the envy of the majority of the here's, league. Here's their the financial disservice. Situation. Here's the disservice that I think Seth provided mm-hmm. to a lot of our li- a lot a lot of sports radio sixteen listeners, and and I can't believe I'm going down this, but he wants to spend just as much money as you do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He said so. Yeah, like just other places. Like he wants to spend just as much money as you, right? Or Patrick Queen, or Christian Wilkins, defense. Yeah, either one of those. Like, he, yeah. but but he's. It's not. You can make a case actually that like Mike Evans and Saquon are going to cost less than the, the names they're throwing out there. Yes. Right. Yes. That's possible. I think it's probable. Okay. Yeah. So, he wants to spend the same like like more money. That roster thing that that him and Sean did, it has people repeating it, and it, it's it's silly. Yeah. 
That's the problem I have. Like, we talk about, like. Um, do you, would you like a kicker? Yeah. Like, that's my thing. Like, we're, we're, we're I, I agree. I agree with Sean and Seth that things are getting lost in translation, but that's because you're, you're, you're accusing Lopez of doing something. You're doing the same thing. And then you're listing an argument against Lopez, mm-hmm. but it's really against yourself. And now because of how, how smart Seth is and how people listen to Seth, now people are repeating this and it, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make sense. Right. That's, that's the, that's, just from someone that's kind of been on the sidelines of this thing, I I, I think y'all just y'all both want to spend money. Y'all both mm-hmm. want to do it in in other areas, but this like notion that if you do what you want to do or Seth does what he wants to do, you're not going to be able to fill a roster. I think that's weird. And also, I think if that was the case, the guys that he wants to buy, it would be more difficult it would. for him to do it, it than be. you, which is irrelevant because I don't even think that's a thing. Yeah. Like, like you can sign all these guys that that he just referenced on the call, and and Seth has referenced, or somebody just like them in the same slot, and still have the money, whether it's defense or offense. That's the that's the point that needs to be driven home. It's not like, oh, how are you gonna? Do you want a kicker? Do you want a, a, a defensive tackle? Do you want Stephen Nelson? Chiefs back? kicker makes five mil. Show brought that up yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't want to get reckless. You don't want to. Get, I mean, you damn sure don't want the Saints' salary cap situation. Mm-hmm. That's not where you're at right now. That's not where it's laid out. Yeah. But I think you. I think you even said. I just. I just think we need to wipe away forever the listing of the roster and all that, and just talk about where you want to spend the money. Right. Because they're going to fill a roster, and they're not going to be. There's not a situation where they're just going to be so reckless that it's going to set them back. I think that's the overall point. I think. I think. Once y'all acknowledge that the whole can they fill a roster thing That's nonsense. is silly and yeah. nonsense, yeah. and if it is a thing, it's actually more of a counter towards the the guys that Seth and Sean want to buy, mm-hmm. then I think we can just start making sense of this. Yeah. If y'all put pen to paper. Then you, yeah. yeah, then you just start realizing, wait a minute, we can have the draft, sign the, the players that we need to replace on the roster, roster spots. And then get the big, then get the sirloin, then get the prime rib, the ribeye, get the main pieces that are going to put you over. Yeah, that that to me is the. That's where we got to arrive at. Yeah. So there you go. Are we there? We are not. Are we there. done? Are we done? We're well. I I are I, we done with this roster listing crap? That well, we, I've that, never that done has it. Become a thing. I've never done that. Seth did, and and I and I thought the point. But let's just get rid of it. Yes. Yes. Let's just get rid of that because it's. <laughs> it's confusing, right. especially when you are both perhaps spending the same amount of money. Look at me as a moderator, man. Yeah. Well, it is your show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to hear the end of this slip up, man. <laughs> slip up. Slip up. Yeah. 100% slip up. Yeah. Team player here, man. <laughs> Come on, man. LTM here on In the Loop Sports Radio oh, 610. God. What is this one? Landry and that Mexican. <laughs> Uh, oh. Race car. I, I gotta write an email. <laughs> Give me a second. I gotta. Hey, uh, CC me on it. HR. CC, CC <laughs> me on it. Oh Lord. So, with all this talk, let's talk about the battle between Payne and Pendergast and John Lopez. Mm-hmm. Sean kind of tapped out. I want you to tell me if you're gonna accept this tap out. Or if it's still on, like Donkey Kong. Okay. Here is the proposed tap out 
between Sean Pendergast and John Lopez. He called us dirtbags. And then he didn't call us dirtbags. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know you're joking, but that seems to be where this whole argument is going with all three shows, is that we're all mischaracterizing. In the eyes of each of us, our takes yeah. are being mischaracterized. According to, according to those guys, you and I want to sign bums off the street. Yeah. We actually just want to grab somebody from a median and slap them there at, at defensive tackle. That's how we're being characterized. Yeah. And that the only possible reason we don't want to sign Mike Evans is because he's in his 30s. That's yeah. the only – that's how we're being characterized. I, I think we're at a point now, like, the, the only solution now is to have some sort of summit meeting somewhere where we're all arguing in the same room at the same time, not and off of sound bites. All right, is that cool? What, you, was that a uh, I don't know putting down of weapons? Putting down of swords is yeah, what I heard. Yeah, yeah, as he put it. So we're good on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, Faye, do you think we're on to something? Just eliminate the roster listing, and we can, we can, we can go about our business. I think so, but I guess we gotta find out if it's done tomorrow morning at six a.m. From their perspective, but that's all I want to do. That's my my proposal, and and there's some listeners that are enjoying this. There's other. I, I, my proposal is. Let's just get rid of this roster listing thing. Lopez says how he wants to spend money, which I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that you haven't been that clear on this. There's I, a lot of times where I'm like, I don't know what the hell Lopez is saying, but on this one, like, I don't know that you haven't been like that unclear. I've been very clear. I think you, you, your basic thing was that if you want to sign both, you can sign both. Yes, that's it. And I didn't necessarily say those two, but that's the ones we were talking yeah, about. Well, those, those and be, by the way, those two you can. Yeah, you can sign both, and that was, and you would still have a roster, right? Uh, heaven forbid, you know, you you don't have twenty five players on the on the roster that you normally would have. Might have to go seven on seven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we can get to that. Yeah, we 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 can eliminate. Ask that. the defense to go on a three count with their pass rush. <laughs> I got to count to three. One Mississippi, <laughs> two Mississippi, exactly. Three Mississippi. We don't have players on the line. So yeah, let's just, let's just let's just get rid of the roster listing, and I think we're. Okay. I would be down with that. All right, so there, there's where we're at, mm-hmm. and then we can just focus on where the money needs to go. I think that's fair. That's absolutely fair. That's where we started with all this. Just for old times' sake, though, let's mm-hmm. hear the final. Ra- let's hear the rant this morning. Okay. And then we're going to put this to bed. Okay. Then okay. we can just argue about who you want to who you want to sign. If Saquon's good, all that, mm-hmm. and we can quit kind of chasing our tail. But here was uh, the final portion. Of the rant. Somehow there's a faction of people in Houston who think that the only avenue and route, if you care about the Texans winning, is to full force put everything you have into signing Mike Evans. And that's the only thing. That's that's the test. If you don't want Mike Evans, then then you don't care about winning. I don't get it. I've got zero, zero, zero issue with signing guys that I want. Like, but it's just like somehow me wanting Patrick Queen and Christian Wilkins, I, that means that I don't care about the Texans winning. It's only, only if you like Mike Evans and only if you like Saquon Barkley. Only if you want to sign a running back who's been healthy in two out of his five damn years in the league. And only if you want to pay really good money to a, a guy I like a lot, Mike Evans, to add to a position that you are already strong at and you need to build from within. There are eight starters who need to be replaced right now. Uh, like, yeah, like you've got limited resources. I'm sorry to tell everybody. I'm sorry to explain that to everybody. I, how do you have limited resources if you still want to spend just as much money? You, right. That's what I'm, that's, I'm trying to put this to bed. No, I know. That's what I'm confused about. And, and I was trying to put it to bed too, but like no one has said it has to be Mike Evans. 
No, but if and it, that's how we let it off with. But like if it's not Mike Evans, it's but if you want to no, spend no just as much that. money, what do you mean there's limited resources? Right. That's yeah, what I'm. Confused I wrote that about. down. I'm confused. I actually jotted that down. Okay, limited resources. But you want to spend as much or more on longer-term deals on the defense? All right. Well, I'm just confusing myself more. I guess it's more. not Here, been set down. Here's the final bow. I, I think <laughs> this will set it down. I've been in the damn league since 1997. I've seen it over and over and over and over again. You can't just go out and pluck everything you want off the shelf and have it turn out well in the end. Mm-hmm. Over aggressive spending, the bill does come due at some point. To me, I think the main difference between you and I and uh, – for sure, Lopez, and I think probably probably Clint also is where we want to spend the money. Like I'd rather spend the money on defense. Yeah. That's- no, no, no. It, yeah, it's being characterized as that. Um, like my objection to the Mike Evans and Saquon Barkley is that I think it's stupid money. Mm-hmm. I think that's a stupid spend. I would love to spend more aggressively on the places where there are actually no human beings right now. That's a good call. Uh, that's where I'd love to spend aggressively. Yeah. Yeah. I know Ron thinks that we can spend aggressively um, right up to the hill on every single position because there's nothing we can do that will hurt us in the future. But that's actually not the way it actually works. Where there are no human beings. Yeah. Okay. Running back. Yeah. <laughs> the running back is one of them. Cheaper too, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I just don't think that's right. the case. We'll put this to rest, man. All right. We'll put this to rest. At least until later. Or will we? <laughs> Who Tomorrow, we 6 a.m. <laughs> Who are we bumping right now? Major Laser. Major Laser. Okay, a little uh, EDM, EDM action. Yeah. Okay. All right. Rodeo begins today. Let's get you to uh, Major Laser. 713-572-4610. 713-572-4610. Caller number. Let me think about this. Eight. In the spirit of the eight missing human beings. <laughs> Caller number eight. You're going to the radio. 713-572-4610. Coming up, man. We got a special, special edition of post-lunchtime confessions. Confession. Mixed in with the internet going nuts. Next. Lunchtime confessions. We confess our sins to you, the loopholes. Shout out to the loopholes. If you listen, you are one. Some of these confessions have to do with sports. Some have nothing to do with sports, but we're transparent with you 24-7. Let it hang a little bit lower during lunchtime confessions, which, by the way, is originally at 1220. D'Amico Ryan's pushed us back, so it's a combo plate of confessions and internet going nuts. we got a special treat for you here on In the Loop. But right now, it is time to confess. I'm coming around on the uh, fumble through the end zone rule. I didn't used to like it, but did you see the competition committee looked at it and uh, said they're not going to do anything? So if you fumble, there's got to be some sort of penalty. I I've, I go back and forth, and yeah, I'm still a little bit reticent about it. But if you fumble through the – I thought it was big this year in a couple of games. If you fumble through the end zone, it could be a game-changing play. It's on the offense to keep it. And the whole thing about – Give you know, give them a first and ten at their first and fifteen or whatever at the fifteen yard line. I don't know. I, I I think I'm coming around on that. I think I see their point on the fumble through the end. Zone. No, I like the way it is. I think the defense has to have some sort of. Bone. Yeah, that's what I'm All saying. The rules are yeah. for the offense. I, I'm Keep coming it the way around it is. on. I'm coming around on that side. Keep it the way it is. Yeah, if it, it, you you know what to do, Zay Flowers. You weasel. That Hold on one to the, the rock, buddy. Yeah, that was one of the examples. Hold on to the rock. It buddy. was a game changing moment, and I I I it kind of changed my mind. Watch this. 
I had a little, uh, I don't want to say it was like a corporate headbutting this morning, mm -hmm. but our expense reports that we sent in. You got a kickback? I, it was kind of kickback, not really. So the max that you can tip is 20%. Mm -hmm. I put all my Uber rides on there. Yeah. I really like the, the standard for me is five. Sometimes I'll tip them seven depending on what's going on. Which can be more than 20%. Which is nine times out of ten. I, I, I don't have a lot of, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. $25 Uber ride. So it's usually five, seven, who knows? Yeah. So I just, I, I put my Uber receipt on there, which is like a big list of the, of what they send you as opposed to like the email. Yeah. And I just put 20% of this stuff. Mm -hmm. I got a kickback basically saying, Hey, this receipt doesn't match up the thing. <laughs> Brother. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Do you know how much of a pain it is? to like keep up with your tip on the uber you get the amount and you get the email in. a day later sometimes you open up hour. your uber two days later and it's tip and yeah. you put that in there so i just said man like if you don't want to if you don't want to give me that that's fine I, I don't like what do you think i'm trying to take advantage of the uber situation yeah what are we doing no no it, it's uh by the way if you ever need any help with someone with a lot of experience on expense reports but this is uber you know how this is it, yeah they, they don't they don't give you a final receipt with your no they we, say thank you for your trip once you get out of the and car and they send you one receipt yes and then the next receipt has the tip yes and then or and then you just go in your your thing and do the I'm, I, I just i just just keep the 30. <laughs> like I'm not this. And, See, and that's my, what they want. Not you to that do. serious. You should fight for it. My main confession is this type of stuff just ruins my day. It's it's a headache. Just stupid stuff like this just ruins. I my had day. a real headache this morning trying to figure out my printer, doing smaller sizes. Come on, it just man. drives me crazy. It's just <laughs> you're smarter. I mean, I'm than not that. trying to take advantage of thirty. I'm putting the minimum there. If I wanted to go get the actual receipts, first of all, I'd have to go through lots of emails. I'd yeah. have to figure it out. I couldn't just send the screenshot of the original tr uh, trips. And then it would be a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. I'll let you penny pinch so Josina Anderson can do a podcast with Morris Chestnut. <laughs> kind of disappointed with Lord, the, man. Kind of disappointed $30, with, man. with NFL media today, man, with D'Amico. Now, rest assured, we got a couple of good nuggets, things that we're going to be talking about today and, 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 and in the future from D'Amico. But did you, I mean, I know you did, uh, but for the loopholes out there, did you hear the first 10 or more minutes? Of yeah, it was just basically C.J. Stroud's awesome. He's what got intangibles. We, he's good. And they were yeah. asking about C.J. Stroud, about Bobby Slowick, about basically a, a postseason recap. I mean, come on, man. You're there for a reason. You're sharing a room with three different people for a reason. The future, the draft, free agency. Let's go. Well, now, we got some good nuggets. They picked it up, though. They picked it up. They picked it up a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Watch this. These are my confessions. All right. So I like to be nosy when I go out, whether it's at the bar, whether it's at the table, whatever. Like, if, if you're talking too loud, I'm going to hear you. Mm -hmm. If you're doing something crazy, I'm going to hear you. I'm going to observe it, and I'm going to analyze it. It's I'm guilty of it. I do it all the time. A lot time. of people do that. Yesterday, um, I went to Sawgrass. By the way, didn't get any bread. Didn't eat any carbs. Just staying, staying true to the game. You're doing the carb thing right now? Yeah, trying to stay true to the game. I looked over, and this dude, man, this is an interesting order. I want you to tell me if this is an interesting order or not. Mm -hmm. Okay? This guy ordered chicken fried steak with gravy, and his side was broccoli. 
Nothing wrong with that. That doesn't seem like a good mix, hey, man. Nothing wrong if with that. If you're going to go the chicken fried steak, you got to go with the taters, Usually it's mashed potatoes. Corn, like something like that. Broccoli? It's just a, about that, man. Broccoli is kind of a distant cousin of greens, and, and I've always ordered greens with chicken fried steak, too. Yeah, ain't nothing wrong with that. Watch this. My Got my uh, anniversary reservation uh, over at Lock Bar. Uh, it's going to be our anniversary, and this is the best reason. happy hour in town, by the way. Uh, and this not is even a close second. P- perhaps the best oysters in town, and during happy hour, they're a dollar fifty. And I was looking at this is my confession. I had no idea that there was a drink menu like this at that place. Oh yeah. Like, it's a solid. Try that Arnold Palmer. Uh, it's, it's $9. It's crafted. They got to mix it up during yeah. the happy hour. But they used to have hush puppies. They got rid of the hush puppies. That kind of sucks. So now they have, like, potato skins with caviar. No, no. That, and, 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 and she's excited, too. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, because she's a big oyster. Be sure to get. Oyster eater. Yeah, because they have flavored oysters, too, that are going to get you in, like, the normal three. But they got char grill? I think so. Yes, Hell but yeah. you got to get the uh, you got to get the happy hours. Get you about two dozen of them. To get yeah, you going. Uh, but that also kind of had me uh, thinking about our our internet going nuts that you brought up about the drink. Someone says lock bar sucks. Y'all suck. You suck if you don't like. I've never been there. Better not suck. But I'm, I'm taking your word. That, for that person it. ain't telling the truth. There. I'm taking your word. Yeah, they, for they, it. they they lock bar sucks. I'm sorry, sir. I don't I don't mean to say it, but you suck. <laughs> lock bar is good. <laughs> For no, real. you suck. No, you suck, <laughs> sir. Watch this. These are my confessions. That's really all I got. You ready to go nuts on the internet? Well, that's what I was going to say. I, we've got uh, transition, speaking of drinks, Yeah. to one of your internet going nuts. I, that I, 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 I got I, an opinion I got on. the internet going nuts. All right, so Clint Sterner was ticked off yesterday. Uh, because Tyler Milner, the great Tyler Milner, who's on vacation, he was at the pool. I guess he's in Mexico. Uh, yeah, Puerto Vallarta. He's in, he's in Puerto Vallarta. Oh, uh, Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta. He's there, and apparently he had three old fashions by the pool. Clint Sterner was not happy about this. Nobody drinks old fashions at the pool. Who goes to Mexico at a resort and hangs by the pool in the sun, baking him, goes, let me get a maybe old he felt, fashioned. Maybe he felt like whiskey. Come on, man. Tyler tries too hard to be cool to do that. <laughs> now, look, I can see, like, you want to go to a little breakfast or something? Do you, do your breakfast, and then right before, like, you want to have your little uh, little uh, breakfast cap, if you will, not a nightcap, but a little breakfast cap with an old fashioned with maples, bacon, or whatever, whatever on it. I, I may let that slide. But, I mean, you, you're in Mexico at a resort, palm tree. Trees everywhere, beach everywhere, sun fixing to beat you in the face. You know you're going to be drinking all day long. You can't go old-fashioned. No, Ron, no. Uh, Ron, there's too many up. Margarita, Ranch Water, Paloma, I mean, go to Modelo, Dos Equis, Soul, Tecate. I mean, you can go old-fashioned. No, it's not an option. There's a reason why when you're... No, there's a reason why you're in Mexico at the pool. All you see from the pool at the pool bar... Tequila bottle. That's all you see. Gentleman comes in. I would have had an old fashioned too. I don't like margaritas, and I'm Mexican. I'll be on the beach with a Modelo or an old fashioned. No, you would not. <laughs> Here's the thing. Clint is a hundred percent correct. No, he's a hundred percent right. A no, thousand no. percent right. No, if you are at a, a trillion, if you are at a, pool, you don't drink old fashions at the pool. At a resort on the beach. No. 
That's that's your dinner drink. That's a weird look. At the end of the day, that's a weird look. There are four drinks you have at the pool. That actually comes across for someone who drinks as often as Tyler. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to put his business out there, but like what, seven to ten times a week. <laughs> um, I would uh, I, I would expect that from like some 21 year old who just turned 21 and doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Someone who someone who travels as much as Tyler should know better than to drink an old fat old fashions by the pool. Man, he's got a sugar daddy. That's for dang sure. Who is Tyler Sugar Daddy? Get out of his business. I'm just curious. There's five drinks. I was I, I just counted them in my head. Yeah. Five drinks that are absolute options at the pool. Pina Colada. Yep. Mojito. Yep. Ice cold beer. Yep. Margarita. Yep. And a daiquiri. Like, and I am not a daiquiri, mojito, pina colada guy. But but, it, but daiquiri counts as like any slush, right? Yeah, yeah, like a daiquiri kind of type. What about of drink. like what about a, a rum and punch? Like a rum yeah, and punch, like something. That's blue the like other that. thing I was gonna say. The, yeah. the the liquor of choice at a pool is rum. It's rum. That's island. That's an island liquor. Like I am so disappointed in Tyler. I actually don't think you can enjoy the experience if you're if you're putting that in your stomach at the pool. Right. It's like a vibe. Like and and look, you know this about me. You've been around me enough. I'm not the the pina colada type, but if I'm at a pool, oh, that's a vibe, man. You dang right, I am. That's a vibe, or a man. daiquiri. I, 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 I got the internet going nuts. I thought this was awesome. So the Toronto Raptors finally won three games in a row. Oh, how are we going to celebrate? We're going to go out to the club. We're going to go out our separate ways. We're going to have a nice, you know, eight hundred dollar steak dinner, eight thousand dollar steak dinner. Nah, man, this was. Awesome. You know what the Raptors did for finally winning three games in a row? What's that? Listen to the coach. Coaching staff was coming off talking about pizza, okay. pizza, pizza. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the, the story goes that I uh, promised our guys early in the season that once we get three wins in a row, then I'm going to take them to a nice dinner. But since we have such a group of humble guys, they, they said, like, we don't need any any fancy place. We can go for a pizza, but treat them to dinner for sure. Okay. Are you a pepperoni guy? What's your favorite? Uh, my pizza is uh, only uh, margarita, simple Italian. So pineapple is a no-go? No. No. No, 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 no. Thanks, Coach. Pizza party, baby. That's awesome. NBA team having a pizza party after uh, winning three games in a row. That's kind of a touchstone to your youth. kind of whack. It's a touchstone to your youth. I'm all about the pizza party, but. Yes, that's why they had one. An NBA team, come on. Yeah, they're going back to their their roots, man. Back, we're, We're playing in a high school gym. Pizza party if we win the tournament. All right. I love that. Dude was going old school margarita pizza, huh? Well, yeah, it's a uh, Ryakovic or whatever. Yeah, he's yeah, he's got the, he's got the uh, the roots. Speaking of the NBA, Kawhi Leonard, the most unintentionally hilarious guy in sports, perhaps. Uh, he's been playing more games this year. Mm-hmm. He was asked about why. What's been the key? He went Kawhi. What goes into to you being able to be available for so many of these games this year? Not tearing my ACL. Um, not tearing my meniscus. Okay. All right. Thank there you. you go. Thank you, Kawhi. Thanks for the insight there, Kawhi. <laughs> That's a good reason. That's Combo Plate, Lunchtime Confessions, along with Internet Going Nuts. A lot of support on the uh, on, on Clint's uh, yes. disappointment in the old-fashioned. Yeah, you, you don't drink. I would be embarrassed, yeah.
Like if you were sitting by someone at the pool and they got you an old fashioned, how, how would on, that make man. you feel? Come on. Feel a little bit crazy. Yeah. Coming up, three clues from D'Amico. Two about guys that played for the Texans last year and one about someone who could be joining them this season. That's next. Thank you, Figgy. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents In the Loop with John Lopez and Landry Locker. All right, Landry Locker, John Lopez, Figgy Fig with you here on Houston Sports Leader, Sports Radio 610. So D'Amico Ryans had a couple of interesting things to say. He was talking about the wide receivers. Uh, he, He talked about Tank Dell and Nico Collins, and he also said they need to find guys who are separators, guys who can uh, get open. Said third down specifically, they need guys who are crafty that can get open. So he at least addresses that there is a need at the wide receiver position. Now, mm-hmm. the question would be how big of a need is it? Like, do you swing for the fences with a guy like Mike Evans? Is it another low-tier free agent? Is it a draft thing? Who knows? But I think he, much to the joy uh, of you and I, he at least acknowledges that they need more receivers. He said they're looking for it. Now, uh, you know, to what degree, who knows? But I, I think it does lend a lot of credence to the or, – or, or actually kind of shoot down the, oh, no, we're set at wide receiver. Oh, no, we've got a number one. We've got another possibility at number one. Uh, you might, but I think it, it it's very telling that D'Amico Ryans is out there saying, no, we're looking. Well, we're looking for a receiver that can – uh, you know, I, I believe you said not separate, but uh, create space uh, and and convert on third down. That's good. It could be draft, could be free agency, but I think they're looking. He was also asked about Dalton Schultz. He said he liked what Dalton Schultz did last year. He was proud of him. We'll see what happens in free agency. Yeah. So it's very short on that. And when you compare that to Devin Singletary, and this is the thing that's kind of made uh, the rounds uh, on X, Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, Devin Singletary said, we'll see what happens in free agency, but we'd love to have Motor back. Yeah. I didn't make a lot of that. I I think the reality is that Devin Singletary in this crowded running back market, I think his role as perhaps a backup running back, a change of pace, a 1A, 1B type, Mm -hmm. I I think that's the role that the Texans could offer him, even if they sign a running back, is similar to what he could get elsewhere, and I don't think it's going to be as good of a situation. So saying that you want him back, I don't think it could be costly. On the other hand, we've talked about how thin the tight end market is with Dalton Schultz. There's probably going to be quite a few suitors for him. So you kind of got to keep that a little bit close to the vest. I think it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be hard to to, to bring back Dalton Schultz. He's going to be able to get an extra year somewhere uh, or a bigger bonus somewhere. So you're going to have to maybe slightly overpay uh, if you want him back. But one thing that, that you know is he's finally going to get – you may want to tag him. And I think that's been tossed around a little bit just to make sure uh, he doesn't go anywhere else. But that's that's a higher ticket item. Okay, you got money this year. <laughs> have, have I mentioned that? I do wonder if the franchise tag happens with uh, with Dalton Schultz now, if maybe it makes a little bit more sense. Now, I heard right. uh, Sean and Seth talking about this today mm-hmm. with the increase of the cap. Maybe uh, franchise tagging Dalton Schultz would make yeah. sense in this situation i actually i I do think it does uh i think because where are you going to get a tight end unless you prioritize it with a you know first or second round pick and who knows about that the free agent i mean you you have the premier free agent target at tight end you know like like when you when you rate the free agent tight ends dalton schultz at the top so why not tag him and then we can talk again yeah why not yeah make it happen D'Amico Ryan's today. We'll hear from Nick Casario tomorrow. Who knows what he's going to say? 
Mm-hmm. He's feeling himself, man. He should be. You think we're going to get a vest tomorrow from Nick Casario? Or are we, 100%. Uh, February for sure. It's a little chilly out there too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely going to get a vest. Uh, by the way, was there a truce within the loop in Payne and Pendergast? Did we violate a truce? I didn't know. Was there a truce or not? No, no. He said he uh, – Sean said this morning he wanted to maybe put down the swords. I think okay. That's how he put it. Yeah. So, I didn't look at that as a truce. So, so are we – I think now? we're trying to get a better understanding of the other side. Okay. And you did that. Yeah, I just yeah. think eliminate the roster listing thing, and we're good. And I agree with that. Yeah, and I, I don't think anything gets lost in translation. Eliminate the roster listing thing, and we're good. Yeah, because those are players that you're just going to get anyway. Yeah, you'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, you're going to y'all get- both. Y'all both want to spend money. Your idea of smart money might not be his idea of smart money, mm-hmm. but let's let's get rid of this notion that based on John Lopez's philosophy, you can't fill a roster. Is that fair? That's more than fair. And let's also acknowledge they need a running back. No, well, that's the other. That's the good news that came out of the last couple of days. Because they don't have a starting running back. They have Damian Pierce. Yeah, they're so they that. they're gonna get a running back. Like like you can you can't bet or bank on a lot of things, but one of these free agent running backs, Texans are gonna get. Because even if they draft one, they need another one. Uh, they're not gonna get Justin Matabike as expected. Mm-hmm. He is fran- gonna get franchise tagged by the Ravens. Smart move by them. Yeah. So we can eliminate that. Mm-hmm. And then Christian Wilkins with the Dolphins. Let's keep an eye on that. See if that happens. But the the Matabike thing, that's gone. Not happening. And he's a really, really good player. Uh, so that would have been a great get, but also would have been very expensive and maybe a longer term too. Uh, but you can make do there. Uh, and when you're looking at the draft, maybe a defensive tackle uh, comes into play. Uh, I was just excited to hear after a very lukewarm start to the whole press conference he, he he mentioned it very clearly about the wide receivers. That that, that made my day. Uh, I think we know they're going to get a running back. And then you kind of shift in the draft toward the defensive side of the ball. So you and Seth aren't aren't tight at all. Oh, right we're now. very tight. Oh, you are good? Yeah, we're good. Very tight? Yeah, we're very tight. Okay. We're, yeah, we're good. I'm just, we're good. You're making sure I'm concerned. But um, I think Seth – how do I put this? Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I think things might stay with Seth, and you can attest to this, as can Figgy, longer than they stay with me. Like, I I let stuff go and play around oh, here. Oh, wow. You know. Oh, wow. Am I wrong? Oh, wow. Am I wrong? I, I think as long as we just get rid of the roster listing, I think we're good here. Am I wrong? As long as we get rid of the <laughs> roster listing, I okay, think well, we're good you're, here. You're kind of answering. <laughs> I think we're good here. We are good here. There was a truce. I did. I did not know it was a truce. I just heard Sean talk about what. What is he talking about? Swords. What is that about? Mm, I don't know. Is that like a medieval times reference? Were we having a sword fight? Oh, no, what is it? Three Musketeers or something? <laughs> like what? What is that? Swords. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of sword? Why is he so into swords? Oh. Saber. A pay. My favorite kind of sword. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really like swords. I'm not into knives and swords and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hatchet. I, I'm just not, I'm not really into those things. Yeah, no, I don't see why you would be. <laughs> you mean period or like in movies? And like stuff. swords, like, like in movies. What, what's the last movie you watched with swords where you're like, this is good? Probably Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I, yeah. that doesn't interest me. I don't yeah. need to see guys using swords. That's weird. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, I I did I did used like to Game like Game of Thrones and stuff. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. did yeah. they use swords? 
You're asking the wrong guy. I don't know. <laughs> I'm guessing so. I feel like that's medieval time. We could be like so off on that that it's not even funny. Yeah, they might not have. I, yeah. I don't know. I never watched it, so I have no idea. We have three people in this room that have never watched Game of Thrones. Like, what was your favorite Four. ninja? What was your favorite? This is Four. way. This is way past your time. Um, seven one three five seven two four six ten. Did they use swords in Game of Thrones? Yeah, I don't know. What I know time is coming? I, I don't. Know. I always assume that swords come with dragons. I don't know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I apologize if we've offended anyone by saying that we didn't watch Game of Thrones. What like what was your favorite Ninja Turtle weapon? Uh, the shield, man. Right. Like if you had to, but didn't they all have that? No, they had that. There's the shield. So like, yeah. Leonardo had swords. Donatello had that big bow. Raphael had those. Nunchucks. Oh, Angelo had nunchucks. The yeah. chucks. Nunchucks yeah. got to be the best. Yeah, that's right? the best. Those that's are the, the coolest. Best. Yeah, no question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But swords, I just, I never really got into swords. So maybe that's why the truce from Sean didn't hit because I don't, I'm sword? <laughs> what <are you> doing? <laughs> I don't watch Pirates of the Caribbean. I don't, you know. Oh, that might be the last one I saw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that, I that heard was... they were trying to replace Johnny Depp on that. How's that, that going to go for That him? is not going to go well. <laughs> That is absolutely not going to go well. Probably about as well as replacing uh, replacing them with a lady. Yeah. Oh, oh they are. Wow. It's, they've been done. The uh, the the black chick from Bear. Oh, oh she's man. really good. She's really good. She's yeah, really but, good. But we're talking about we're talking yeah. about something, and I don't even watch it. I just know it's the most successful. She has a, a kind of a funny first name. Isn't it the a, most a successful? Deli yeah, yeah, or yeah. yeah, something like that. Isn't this the most successful Disney franchise ever? The Pirates. Yeah. I can't imagine if it it's is. Gotta be yeah, best, it's right? got to be up there. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be way up there. That's a hell. Of, I mean, that's a that's a tough task ahead. Yeah. <laughs> D two mighty ducks. You do not want to replace Johnny Depp. No, you don't. Uh, I watched. Uh, I watched a little doc check. on him yesterday. Yeah, you can get the check, but it's not going to go well for your career. <laughs> I think she's good, man. She's coming over. I like her a lot. I've been into the bear with the Emmy and, and the Globe. I've been uh, I've been catching up on that. I think I'm all caught up now. It's a hell of a, it's show. a really good show. Oh my god! Did you watch yeah. Curb last night? I did. I'm two episodes. Finally, it, yeah. it's been slacking this season. I'm two episodes. I, I like disgruntled. You like disgruntled? Yeah, I, like disgruntled. I could easily see you see you being disgruntled. <laughs> yeah, when they ran out, when they ran out there at that at that church. And he knew he was going to go put that plate in that back seat. Yeah, and he opened yeah, that he knew that thing. was going. <laughs> and they said, oh, church people, which is so real. What the? F- <laughs> oh, yeah. dead. Oh, yeah, he's, he's the best. He's the best. Turn around, Hughley. Here, I, I, I support. Uh, I'm Team Clint on this. Uh, this old fashioned. Well, you know I am. Thing. You know I. That, that is Dude, a I, rough look. I got like irrational. That is upset. a rough look. But what? The whole old fashioned at the beach. Oh, three ups. What three are you doing? At the hey, pool. As soon as you get just there, just having now. a good time. Oh, that's you fine. Enjoying yourself. That's right? fine. This ain't this ain't day four, and I've had all the tequila I can handle. I can't handle any more that citrus and all that. I mean, I, my, but my it's guts. also the beach or yeah. the pool. Yeah, just get you drunk, got man. you got mai tais, you got pina coladas, and I don't like any of these, but I drink them at the at the you pool do. or the beach. You know what else you get? What old old fashioned? No. I never had. I didn't even know fashion. that was an option in that. Yeah. In that environment. <laughs> you thought they would just say no. I, I can't, I can't, I can't get you that. I can't believe old buddy that was Next. waiting on him didn't say uh, no comprende. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't believe he, he went ahead and rode with that one right uh, there. Now he's eating, now, his, he's, now look, he's eating ceviche on the Ron, beach. Ron's doing his damnedest to defend his his, uh, his no, partner now. But I'm Ron, like, hey, I would, I would, I, I, no, I have done it. No, you I, would not. I, I, Ron is a very I, supportive. I, I he's a very supportive drink what you want to drink guy. But Ron has always been like drink what you want to drink guy. And to a certain point, I am too. No. Yeah, do but, what you want to do. But you got to have rum. Is, no, we, we got to draw the line somewhere. Rum or tequila. Look, 
there's Ron, you're lying. <laughs> I'm not you have lying. Nev- you have never, you have never put open-toed flip-flops on, board shorts, and went and sat in a pool in Mexico where you can see the beach and said, let me get not one, well, I, not two, but let me get three old-fashioned. You I, hadn't done it. Well, I've never been to Mexico. Now, I would say. Now, I did say yesterday, the Mexico portion of it, I get it. But you said pool, beach, nothing. And I told you, I said, if I'd have grabbed one of them expensive-ass maple bacon <laughs> old fashions that I grabbed from Guy's Restaurant and took it to the, to the pool and sat around the pool in Vegas, a couple weeks ago, you'd have had a problem with it, and I don't think you could. Now, the the, the Mexico thing that that would I would probably aim for tequila in Mexico. Rum or tequila, those are the I two pro- acceptable. Ones. You'd have a color. Ju- you'd have like a blue blue something. Oh, I might have. I might have. No, yeah. no, it's red. I'm not okay. saying blue raspberry. Blue? We can do your frosés, man. Yeah, man. The blue we can drink, drink frosés. I, I just want to know who Tyler's sugar daddy is. I'd probably be a good red. Come on now. Get you a red well, thing. I mean, he does have one. Red Can we all agree he has, he, has, he has a sugar You're something. listening to K-I-L-T-A-M, K-I-L-T-H-D-2. The Drive is live. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 